Hello. Hello. How has your week been? I guess it's only Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday? Today's Wednesday? Yeah. It hasn't okay. even been a full week yet since wow. I last saw you. We're really uh, <laughs> ramping up for you guys. <laughs> it reminds me of 30 Rock when uh, Jack says to Lemon, Lemon, it's only Wednesday. Yeah. Good it, God, Lemon, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It feels <laughs> like it's been a week. Yeah. Uh, I have begun my Christmas movie watching. Awesome. I love it. Not so I try to hold off on the Christmas classics until at least December. Mm-hmm. But I love, 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 love those shitty made for TV Hallmark Christmas movies. Okay. My mom is all about those for sure. So I, I, my love for it is like twofold. I will pick the movie that I want to watch based on the title alone because the titles are fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah. So some will be like, um, uh, min- uh, Menorahs and Mistletoe. And it's about like, you know, a young Jewish man falling in love with a Christian girl and he's <laughs> never celebrated Christmas before. Yeah. Or like, Manure and mangers, and someone has to go to a farm and find the true meaning of Christmas. Right, right. So the more ridiculous the title, where like it, I, the plot is just so obscure, I'm into it. Okay. I also love any movie where it features a once kind of famous actress. Oh, yeah. So like Haley Duff. Yep. Is in a bunch of them. Yep, the girl from uh, The Wonder Years who played Winnie, yes! uh, Dan- Danica McKellar. She's yes! in a lot. Yes, the girl from Parenthood. Oh, uh, like... The blonde one. The sister. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she, she's Haley been, or, or, or... Yeah, yeah. She's been in some. Okay. Um, Lori Laughlin used to be in them, but now... Right. Yeah. You know. She was in like the garage sale detective or the garage sale mysteries oh, or whatever. I love so it. Like, yeah, I love it. Ooh, uh, Gretchen from Mean Girls has been in a few. Oh, L- Lacey Lacey Chabert. Lacey Chabert. Love her. I love it. I love like anyone that was like mildly famous in the early to mid two thousands. Yeah, is in a Christmas movie. When my mom was uh, staying with us last uh, last couple weeks. Uh, Sam was out one night and I'm like, oh, okay, let's, you know, I don't want to watch anything, any of the Hallmark ones, but I know Netflix has some of Netflix theirs. Netflix does have some, yes. So we watched one called Love Hard. I just watched that one. <laughs> yeah. It it's, was, it's with Nina Dobrev. Yep. And it's kind of cute. Yeah. Like, like I'm not going to watch it every year. No, but no. But I'm, I'm glad I watched it. I, I think um, uh, the, the guy who's in it is, uh, I can't... Um, uh, I can't remember his name right now, but he was in um, like Silicon Silicon Valley. Valley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. De- uh, oh Yang, I think his last name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, Harry Shum Jr. from Glee was also in it. Yeah, and the the hot guy was from. Uh, he's in that show Never Have I Ever. Okay. On Netflix. Okay. Yeah, he plays Paxton Hall Yoshida on okay. Never Have I Ever, and yeah, he plays the the unattainable hot guy in uh, in this movie. So I, I really, really liked it. The only thing that I didn't appreciate, 
I hate the trope of where it's like this drop dead gorgeous like stunningly beautiful girl is like nerdy and quirky and like falls down and like has all of these like attributes that guys are like ew that's gross but it's like okay because you're hot no that's not it's not realistic not realistic she she has no problem talking to a guy she has no problem walking into a room and getting anyone's attention because she looks the way she looks yeah she's not quirky her interests aren't unique or quirky or like adorable yeah, she's she, like, oh, I love Die Hard. And I'm like, that's that's not like it's a... It's like a universal thing. You're not yeah, special. Yeah. Like you... Okay. Yeah. If it had been more like, oh, I was taking care of my mother as she... Because mm-hmm. she's got a dead mother. Yes. If it had been like, I was taking care of my mother, I was focused so much on that, that like, I really wasn't paying attention to my own needs. Mm-hmm. And now I'm getting back into the dating game and, and blah, blah, blah. But like, th- there's... If they had had somebody come on and like do a rewrite this could have been like it could have been elevated to be like oh no like this is actually like a good movie yes and it wasn't yeah i'm not gonna say it's it's bad it it was fun i'm glad i watched it like it's 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 silly it's predictable you know but uh it could have been much better my guilty pleasure christmas movie and i love them and our mutual friend cassie used to come over and we would watch them every christmas a Christmas Prince. Oh, okay. They're terrible. Just awful. But there's something about it that I'm like, I have to watch this every year. Okay, that's fair. I'm big on like, I'm I'm huge into Christmas specials. Like, oh, like okay. I have a collection of like 120 VHS tapes of like, like the, the Hey Arnold Christmas special, <laughs> the Mr. Bumpy Bump in the Night special. Yeah. Um, any any cartoon or any TV show, even if they ran for like one year, a lot of them did a Christmas episode. So I had a whole blog like years ago. It's still up on the internet somewhere of just like reviewing weird Christmas specials like Babar, like uh, the Magic School Bus, Clone High, all these shows and just being like, did they do their own Christmas story or did they just do a version of A Christmas Carol? Yeah, because a lot of shows just do like, oh, like the, one of the characters is a real Scrooge, and they're going to get visited by he, three of their friends as ghosts. Yeah, he needs to find the true meaning of Christmas. I think Saved by the Bell did something like that. They did. Well, they did a play of Scrooge. Okay. And then that was the one where Zach hits on the the homeless the girl. Homeless girl. Sorry, I should say unhomed girl. Uh, and then at the end, a they, woman without a home. Yes, at the end, her and her father move into the house. And then in front of her and his parents, or his mom, because I don't think we, we barely ever see Zach's dad. We see him, I think, twice throughout the whole series. Yeah, he's he's very rarely occurring because yeah. he's selling computers or something. He's, he's a rich businessman. Yeah. He's busy. But anyways, the, the girl and her dad, Zach in front of the dad says a message like, oh yeah, it'll be great having you like just down the hall. And it's like... <sighs> You're helping these people get back on their feet and Zach can help but be like, I can't wait to sneak into your room and fuck you while your dad is sleeping down the hall. Because Zach Morris is trash. Yes, Zach Morris is trash. Zach Morris is trash. Like, okay, cute. You helped uh, two people that don't have a home get back on their feet, but it wasn't without serving yourself in some creepy, creepy way. Yep. Zach Morris is trash. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, love Christmas specials, yes. love Christmas episodes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, right. I'm I'm gearing up. I got to get my collection out and 
which my wife is never happy to see because it's like I have like a like a bin that's just full of like VHS tapes and she's like why don't you just, and I'm like I gotta watch it on tape I can get I'll cut I'll capture them all to DVD or digital or whatever one day but it's it's fun to just like look at all these tapes and just yeah like even if a show just had like 10 episodes one of them might just be a Christmas episode all right yeah what are you drinking today I'm drinking a stout that I bought when I was out in Nova Scotia. Yep. It's called Married to the Sea, and it's, uh, or, sorry, it's a German porter, not a stout, but uh, from the Church Brewing Company, which is a cool uh, brewery we went to out in Wolfville, uh, Nova Scotia, that's in an old church. That sounds really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? I'm back on white. I'm drinking, it's called Popcorn. Okay. And it's a shard. Okay. And I'm, of course, still drinking out of my Christmas glass because tis the season. Love it. And it's a VQA, I think, from Niagara, but it's it's delightful. Yeah. Well, there you go. We have the, like, we don't have the wine glasses of those, but we oh, have okay. the, the highballs or, like, the, the cocktail glasses with, okay. the, with yeah. the trees. I will drink anything out of this glass from now until probably mid-January. Love it. So, this episode. Yes. Sadness. Yep abandoned neglected kids mm-hmm. someone's first period mm-hmm. and someone may or may not be hit on by a creepy creepy um i almost said porn star not a porn <laughs> star a soap opera star acting sometimes on the same level <laughs> so buckle in uh we're gonna experience some high highs and some low lows that's right so this episode <laughs> is episode nine of next generation season one and it's called coming of age which you know is just a pretty generic title it's yeah. not a specific as far as i can tell song or movie song, reference no but it's pretty accurate to what happens in the show for sure all right cheers let's get started yes so degrassi the next generation starts with ashley walking out her front door and the fit she is wearing when I tell you these long floor like floor length cardigans, the hold that they had on me during this time, ridiculous. Okay. I loved a long cardigan. Even though I'm of the shorter side. <laughs> I was even shorter back then. So they did go to the floor and then some. So yeah. my mom always had to hem them for me. Aww. And she's wearing a rad messenger bag, across yes. one strap across her chest. So Jimmy and Terry are meeting her. Jimmy automatically puts his little arm around her and they're walking to school. Yeah. And the camera does a weird pan. Did you notice that? Yeah, they do a weird like 360 shot where you see the neighborhood and you can really tell that it's like a back lot because it's like, what street is built like this? Like Ashley's house is gigantic next to these other weird houses. Yeah. Especially not in Toronto. Yeah. Um, so Jimmy is talking about how weird it is to be 14 and how he's kind of excited. And Terry and Ashley are talking. Yeah. And Ashley is complaining. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to bring this up. Last week we talked about how, and I, I'm going to hate myself for phrasing it like this, but it's the only way I can think of. Ashley likes to find the drama. Mm-hmm. Ashley likes to play, not the victim, but likes to be the main character. Mm-hmm. 
their relationship is seemingly going well as it would be for a great aid relationship. Yes, she bought him jewelry. Yes. For their eight-month anniversary? Eight months, yeah. Yeah. And she is now complaining that he spends too much time at their house. Yeah. He's always over. Like, my God, Ashley, the things that you find to complain about. Yeah. I mean... In some way, I get it only because her main character introduction is like, uh, living with Toby is the worst. Like, Mm -hmm. it used to be like me and my mom, and now I have this boy who lives here all the time. So I think she just got very used to being like an only child, like doing what she wanted on her terms. And now she's got Toby there. And now there's adding in Jimmy where it's like, ugh, like he's over every night too. Now I'm outnumbered by boys again. But... I feel like at this age, it's kind of cute to have your boyfriend over all the time. Yeah. Well, it's not like you, you're you missing out on like, oh, we didn't go to this or I missed out on this thing. Or it's yeah. like, no, you're in grade eight. Like you outside of school, your life is just at home or going to dance class or basketball or yeah, whatever. Like little extracurriculars. So like, I feel like my parents would probably have a problem if we had a boyfriend over all the time yeah but it seems like ashley's parents don't care it's weird to me only because we were the the msn uh icq yahoo messenger generation so when we got home from school in high school I know I just went down to the computer and I just immediately went on MSN. Yeah. And then I sat there and chatted with my friends most of the night and they were just doing the same thing at their house. So like what would be worse? Like it's almost better if you have somebody over. Yeah. Because it's you're not just sitting at the computer all night. Yeah. It's weird that we don't really see them doing that. It is insane. that Like that was the biggest thing in the world. Like when we were in in 2001, when we were in well, when I was in grade nine. Did you ever do, (laughs) this might have just been because me and my friends were little bitches, but did you ever do like a trap on MSN? Uh, no. So like if I was over at my friend's house, we would log into her MSN. Oh, okay. And um, we would like pull someone up, like someone that we were like, maybe like I was having a problem with or we got in a fight or like I, we just, whatever. And she would be like, so what do you really think of Amber? And then they'd be like, oh, whatever. She's so annoying. And then I would jump on and be like, well, I'm sitting right here. And now I know what you said about me. And we would do shit like that all the time. For the most part, I was talking with other guys. And it was more just like, oh, man, did you see this? Did you see this? (laughs) Or sending each other songs or, or whatever. So like. There was a bit of like, oh, you didn't know if somebody was sitting next to whoever. Right. But that wasn't as much a guy thing that, that at least with the guys that, that I ran with. It okay. was more, I knew, you know, my sister's friends did stuff like that. But Oh, girls were so, like, I feel like things haven't changed that much. But, like, girls were so sneaky back then. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's you see it in Mean Girls when yes. they're like, you know, oh, like, can you believe she said that about you? The, the three-way calling. Yeah. Yeah, that was, like, the MSN, like, what my friends and I did was, like, basically the first, like, iteration of, like, the three-way call attack. Yeah. Of, like, oh, can you believe what they said today? Yeah. Yeah. So Paige and Ashley are complaining about what a great guy Jimmy is. 
Or Terry. Yeah, Terry and Ashley. Yeah. Paige hasn't shown up yet. Paige isn't there yet. And Ashley's big issue is that he's been at her house eight days in a row. I mean, that is a lot. It is a lot, but like. I guess this is kind of the sign of, like, immaturity. Because I feel like my parents would be like, well, where are Jimmy's parents? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Like, yes, he can come here every night because he probably needs, like, a dinner. Yeah. Or someone to check in on him. Yeah. Like, my my parents' house, we weren't... It wasn't as bad as, like, somebody being over every night. But there was definitely kids that you could tell were, like, latchkey kids. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, the parents didn't pay much attention and like the at, when I was in school, like up until grade eight, I lived on the same street as my school. Like I was like a Degrassi kid essentially. I lived down the street from the school, and like I went home for lunch every day. Oh. Like and like some kids would be like, oh, like I didn't really pack much of a lunch, or I didn't want to, I don't want to sit in the cafeteria or whatever. And they would just like come with me. It's like yeah, sure, whatever, come yeah. to my house. So we became a bit of like the drop-in house, but you know. I mean, that's not even a thing anymore. Can you imagine a kid, like, going home for lunch, having a parent who doesn't work? No, but when I was in grade 8, my friend, um, they lived, like, probably a five-minute walk away from the school. And every now and then, we would go to her house for lunch. Her mom stayed at home. And she, I don't even, we probably had, like, an hour for lunch. This woman would make, like, Fries in the oven, fucking milkshakes, and then, like, whatever else. Oh, yeah. She was, like, the mom of all moms. My dad was the... My dad didn't go as far as that, but, like, everything was homemade. He would wait... The way our... How far away our school was, he could see us when we were about, like, three minutes out. So he would, like, pop his head out, and when he saw us, like, at the three minutes away, he'd make us, like, hot chocolate... He made, uh, like, soup every day. Like, he made, like, homemade soup. He made, like, oh. minestrone, malagatani, like, all these fancy soups, all, like, from scratch. He'd make us, like, grilled cheese with, like, real cheddar cheese. Oh, uh, bless him. Yeah. That's so, adorable. Yeah, like, he, he, obviously, like, we, we weren't, like, a one-income household, so it wasn't like we were having extravagant meals, but, like, he... he definitely, like, oh, I need to stretch a dollar, so, like, I'm only gonna, like, make stuff. Like, I'm gonna yeah. go... He went to, like, three different grocery stores a week to, like, get the stuff that was on sale. And he couldn't drive. So it was, like, he'd catch a ride with, like, the one mom down the street. And mm. we'd be, like, oh, they'd go on their Fortino's run. The other mom would be, like, oh, I'm going to Food Basics or No Frills. And I'd be, like, oh, they've got whatever on sale. Yeah. So, like, he'd go, like, three days a week and keep himself busy and do all that stuff. Like, it was, you know, it was, like, a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. That's adorable. Yeah. Okay. So... They are doing a love quiz yeah. in a magazine. A Cosmo style love quiz. Yes. It's Terry and Ashley. Yeah. And, and Paige. Paige. <laughs> Paige wearing some awesome Bono shaded uh, yes. blue sunglasses. And it matches her blue faux fur sweater as well. It looks like she killed a cookie monster and is wearing him. It's very aesthetically pleasing. And she's got those two pieces of hair framing her face. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's they're doing a love quiz like, oh, what do you what do you think of when you see your man? And it's sort of like Ashley's sort of like, ugh, like again or overwhelmed, like. Yeah, like the boys join the girls. Jimmy comes and sits next to Ashley and puts his arm around her, and she like recoils at his touch. She's sort of like, yeah, why don't you go play some football? Like it's just me and the girls hanging out. And Jimmy's bouncing a basketball, but then she says play football because 
the other kid who's sitting there with Spinner, who says nothing this entire episode. Yeah. Uh, is like, come on, Jimmy, are we going to go play or what? And Jimmy's like, I want to spend time with my girl. Which, like, I can under- it is weird to, like, have spent all night at her house and then be like, I'm going to sit here with her and the girls while they do, like, a magazine quiz. Like, Yeah, especially at school. Like, you'd think you'd want to be with, like, Spinner and his friends. Yeah. So I get I get Ashley's frustration with that. Yeah. Um, oh, the neat thing about this is we do find out that, like, we find out Manny's birthday and that she was born in Manila. Mm-hmm. And then we also find out that Jimmy's birthday. Uh, so Jimmy is turning, he's turning 14, and this is in 2001, mm-hmm. um, which makes Jimmy the same age as me okay. because I was born in 87. And so, Manny's born in 89. So... I don't know if Jimmy failed a grade because, like, he's as old as he should be in grade nine. But they're in grade eight. Yeah. I oh, guess he could have okay. an early birthday. No, because no, no, it's September. This, this doesn't make sense because it's September. Yeah. Like, if it was, like, May or June, then, like, that would check out. But no. Maybe he failed a grade or maybe he started late. I don't know. Degrassi needs to figure this out for us. Yeah. So Emma's kind of snapping at Sean and Manny. Yeah, because they're supposed to be doing astronomy. Astronomy. And then Sean's like, I found this cool website where you can put in your birthday and it tells you stuff, which is astrology. And, and Emma, like, Emma gets so, obs- like. She snap like, Emma's already wildly t- tightly wound as it is. But she's <laughs> like, Manny, how many moons does Jupiter have? And Manny's like, a lot. Because like, she's not paying attention. She's like, it's a 13. And you know what else? And like. She's just trying to quiz Manny on astronomy, and Manny's not paying attention because she wants to find out her horoscope, and Emma, like, loses her shit. Yeah, like, I I don't understand the side. I mean, I get it. Emma is, like, a little bit of, like, a liberty in some cases. Yep. Where, like, if she's not in on the joke, or if she's not in on having fun, she doesn't want anyone else having fun. Yeah. If she's not a part of it, or if she doesn't think it's socially acceptable, nobody else can be doing it. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't want to jump ahead, but she is supposed to be PMSing, clearly. Yes, but this, I think, is also, like... It's a little much. It is a little much, and I feel like this is, like, the writer's very, like, cheap way of, like, foreshadowing that. Yeah. Because the, the hormones... And the emotions that the writers have this poor girl going through is very up and down. Yeah. I mean, like, I've had my period for, like, a couple years now. And (laughs) I wouldn't say that I, like, pop off like Emma does. I mean, maybe. Ask my husband. I don't know. I mean, I can tell definitely when Sam is around her period. Only because, like, you know... I do dumb things. I do dumb things all the time. Mm-hmm. But if I do a dumb thing and I and it's like, hey, why'd you do that? I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> oh shit, we're we're in this zone. So it's like, okay, I need to uh, be on. I need to actually pay attention to what I'm doing a little more the next few days. Fair. All right. So she gets up to leave and snaps at Manny and says, "Are you coming?" And then Manny does like a. Like the the finger twirl by your head like to indicate crazy. that somebody's crazy. Yeah. And then Emma snaps back and goes, "I saw that." Ugh. Emma. Um. And then we see everybody sitting down for I'm assuming this astronomy test. T. Uh, JT is trying to cheat off of Toby. Uh. It gets it goes down to the wire. Like the bell rings to end the test, which like I don't know if I ever had a test that like went the entire class. In elementary school, probably not. No, because tests were normally like, 
A plus, or, you know, yeah. one plus five equals, like, you know. Yeah. It was never that crazy. No. But Emma's like, oh, I studied all night for that test. I don't know how I did. Oh, my God. She's worried about university and her career uh, in grade eight. Or, no, grade, grade seven. Grade seven. Like, care a little bit less, Emma, because they don't even look at your grade, grade nine and grade ten marks. Yeah. Like, I promise you. You're fine. And university is a lie. We were of that age where it's like, hey, if you don't go to university, it's because you're too dumb. Uh, if you go to college, it's like, mm, what's wrong with you? Yeah. And if you go to a trade school, like that's for burnouts. Yeah. Like, like basically... we were we were from the generation that they tried to steer every kid to university and that was the wrong thing to do. It was almost like guidance counselors got kickbacks for like every student that went to university. Yeah. Because I remember talking to my guidance counselor about, like, options and, like, whatever. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do and blah, 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 blah. And they basically acted like, if I didn't go to university, I might as well just start hooking. Yeah. Like, that, like that was my options. Like, if you're, if you're not going to university, then get out there. Yeah. Start, start str- strutting your stuff because you have nothing else going for you. Well, because that... At, I don't know, depending on where you are, listener, in the Ontario high school curriculum, you had uh, college level classes or university level classes. There was also open or mixed. Yeah. Yeah. And that was sort of like, oh, it was like a half credit or an open credit. Yeah. Like it could count to either. But like you had like college English or university English. Yes. You had college math or university math. Yes. And uh yeah, it's a big crock of shit. They tried to steer us all to university level. At least, you know, my parents did and the guidance counselors did. And it's like, yeah, by the time I got to the end of high school, I'm like, I don't want to go to university. Like, all I heard about university was like, there's a lot of lectures. And I'm like, cool, I do not listen at all. <laughs> I don't learn well by being talked to for an hour. I don't like engaging in big conver- like lecture chat. And I don't like writing essays. I, like, I don't mind writing personal essays. But like, I didn't like writing the same essay as everybody else like look at this book and analyze it and compare and contrast yeah and it's like no like i always thought that was so dumb where i'm like this teacher doesn't want to read like 60 of an identical paper being like the themes in hamlet are this character means this and this character represents that i'm like that's so dumb like i understand it's just you trying to prove that you understood but like i'd rather do like an oral exam or i'd rather just you make me prove in another way instead of like a rigid structured essay i think that the issue as well, like, I don't like the narrative that, like, you have to go into high school basically knowing what you want to do. No. Because I truly didn't know what I wanted to do until I was, like, in my second year. I had no idea. I still don't know what I want to do. I still don't know what <laughs> I want to do. That's why we started this, guys. That's right. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. Um and I also think that, like, once you're in, a, like, any type of post-secondary or even working in, like, any field, you find out so many more jobs exist than you think they do. Mm-hmm. And, like, so many more avenues to things exist that more than you think they do. And I feel like, especially when we were in high school, like, the narrative is, like, right now, and, like, figure it out. Yeah. Like, almost like the fucking Hunger Games. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you need to know what your two uh, elective classes are going to be. Yep. Oh, you're taking shop? Oh, you might as well just throw it away. That's a burnout class. And it's like, yeah. no, like, I, you know, I, I, I learned some skills in that class. I'm glad I took shop. I yeah. learned how to, the first six weeks are drafting. It's all drawing. I, I feel like I fell into that kind of narrative a little bit. And like, 
my high school had cosmetology. Yeah. Um, auto cooking and woodworking and maybe electricity. Maybe. I don't know. As like traits, like electives, like yeah. whatever. And I remember, I think maybe my mom, like I needed another elective. And I think my, maybe my mom was like, well, why don't you take cosmetology? You can learn how to do your hair. Because I still don't know how to do my hair. <laughs> and I remember being like, no, that only dumb people take that. Yeah. And it's not true. And I wish I learned how to do my hair. I wish I knew how to curl my hair. I wish I took that class. We see that Spike owns her own salon. Spike is very successful. Own, has an has a house. Yeah. It might be a townhouse or whatever, but it's in Toronto. I think it was her mom's house, though. Pro- and it was her mom's salon. So, like, you know. But still. Yeah. Like, single mom. Yeah. Did her, we we did also her forget that Spike is 26. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, I... Because Spike had Emma at... 13? Shit, I always forget that. So Spike is 25 or 26. Spike is not like our age. You know what? I always forget too. That means that, spoiler alert, Snake and Spike have Jack pretty young as well. Yeah. Because they get married within this season or next season. I think next season. They have the kid by like season four. So she's only like 30 when she has her second kid. Jesus. Yeah. But her wow. first was at, what, 13? Yeah. So, yeah. Spike is, owns her own house, has a kid, yeah. has, a, has a business, and she is 26. She is thriving. Thriving and vibing. Yeah. All right. So, Emma is all... Bent out of shape. Emma basically is going to go home and unalive herself because yeah. she failed this test and therefore is going to amount to nothing. Yeah. Um. Ashley and Terry are walking to Terry's house. They got a can of Pringles, it looks like. Well, to Ashley's house. Because Ashley had told Jimmy earlier, like, you can't come over tonight because me and Terry are going to have a girls' night. And he said, oh, girls' night. Okay, I get it. So Terry and Ashley walk up to the house, and Jimmy's outside playing basketball with Toby because, oh, he can't come over as Ashley's guest, but he can come over as Toby's guest. Yeah. Which, like, is really... That Cute, is, but also so sad. Yeah, that's kind of a shitty move. Like, but Ashley just doesn't get it. Ashley doesn't seem to think like, oh, why is he over? Why does he want to hang out with Toby? Somebody that he know, like, we he, all think suck. Yeah, and he used to bully Toby too. Yeah, so like, here's this kid that we all agree sucks. Ashley doesn't stop to think like, oh, why would Jimmy want to come over and hang out with Toby? Because, okay, back to Ashley being the main character. Yeah. She can't see outside of what is actually bothering her. Yeah. She can't. I mean, like, she's 13. Yeah. So, obviously, she can't think critically yet either. She doesn't have... Her brain's not developed. But she can't look outside of herself and think, like, why is my boyfriend home all the time? Like, why... It's cute. Yeah. But is there something else going on? Yeah. And I think Ashley's mom is going to have that conversation with her now. Yeah. Where she's like, she sort of says like, oh, like, is Jimmy staying for dinner? And she's like, no, I don't want Jimmy to stay for dinner. She's like, well, you know, like, it's 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 fine if he does. And then she sort of, Terry, like, excuses herself from the yeah. situation. Which, like, that is always the most awkward when you're at your friend's house and they start fighting with their parents. And you're just like, I don't know what to do in this situation. 
so the one like there you know there was the few dust-ups where like you'd go to a friend's house and the friend hadn't asked the parents and the parents yes. would do sort of like the ugh, but like yeah most are pretty cool the only time i remember a friend's parent getting like furious was it was like after christmas and my friend and his brother had gotten some money uh for christmas and they're like oh like we love our n64 but like we want to get a gamecube and gamecube after tax or whatever was like you know 320 dollars or whatever it was so i remember my buddy and his brother had like 300 dollars and he's like oh like we're so close and i was like well i got a bit like i'll lend you 10 bucks and his other friend was like well i'll lend you 10 bucks like we'll help you cover the tax that's and you can so just, nice of you guys you can just help like pay us back when you get your next allowance or whatever and i remember we lent him the money and they bought the gamecube and we went back to his house and his dad was like like flipped shit because not only did they spend all their christmas money they had like borrowed money from us ah. and the dad like <laughs> lost it and was like boys i'm gonna need to ask you to leave and, like, we had to go outside and like we waited being like oh maybe they'll come out and then dad like came out and like drove them back to future shop to get a refund oh like, my god it was a big deal but that was the only time where like a friend's parent like really it was a big awkward thing like i i was good friend like I got along really well with like my other friends' parents where it's like yeah. if there was an issue, it would be sort of like it it, it wasn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. Ash uh, Ashley's mom rightly is like, Oh, I sort of feel bad for Jimmy. Like he's over here all the time, like it's gotta be for a reason. And Ashley again doesn't really think about it. And then Toby and Jimmy walk in and Toby goes, Oh, can Jimmy stay for dinner? Because like uh you know, you said there's enough food. And they sort of awkwardly are like, uh, sure. And Ashley just rolls her eyes. So, I didn't notice this until now. Ashley's mom is studying, it looks like legal books. Yeah, she's doing, uh, like, I was like, is she doing homework? Like, Yeah. Is she a lawyer? I always forget what she does. I, I'm assuming she just has some, you know, professional job. Yeah, they never really address it. Not that I remember. Okay. At first, I thought she was looking at her recipe, but then when the camera kind of pulls out, it's legal books. Yeah. Like legal textbooks. Yeah. All right. So then we cut to what looks like something shot on video. Like, uh, uh, like a, one of the first like Zoom cameras. Yeah. Yeah. And a guy with a disgusting looking soul patch is uh, talking with a girl and they are uh, Jack and Laura. Yes. And Emma is watching a soap opera and eating a giant bag of chips. And she is sobbing. Ugly crying. And uh, I'm assuming Jack and Laura are supposed to be like Luke and Laura, the famous couple from uh, General Hospital. What was your soap opera of choice when you were younger? Coronation Street. Ah, that's my, a my dad was born in the in England, so like that was really the only one like my grandma watched General Hospital okay. and um, uh, all my children. And my mom watched uh, As the World Turns because my brother is named Holden. And it's not after Holden Caulfield. It's after Holden, the character from okay. As the World Love Turns. Love that. Yep. My mom didn't really watch soap operas. I know she did when she was younger, but I don't remember which ones. Yeah. I think my nan liked Young and the Restless. Mm -hmm. My grandma loved Coronation Street. Yep. My dad liked Coronation Street. Mm -hmm. My aunt liked Coronation Street. 
I would watch it with my dad sometimes after school or on the weekends. Yeah, because it used to be on on CBC at three o'clock. Yes. Because my high school let out at like two thirty eight, and it took about twenty minutes for me yeah. to walk home. So my dad would have a pot of tea on. Yes. And we would watch Coronation Street Aww. and eat digestive cookies and drink tea. Yeah. And uh, it the, was kind of like a cute little show. A, well, the good thing is like a lot of the people are just fucking ugly. Yeah. Like yeah. there's not it's not like full of hot people and it's full of like these working class people. Half the people work at the underwear factory mm-hmm. that's in town. Yeah. The other ones like work at the pub or have their own business. Like yes. One guy runs a taxi service. The there's other like guy has flower, an auto shop. Like a flower shop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was in elementary school, high school, college. Yep. Fucking passions. Yep. Oh, Sam loves passions. Like, it was probably the worst soap opera. They just tried everything, though. Everything. They had a little witch on the show. They had, like, a little mythical doll on the show. Yeah, Timmy. Timmy. He, um, you would know him if you've seen the, the Jim Carrey Grinch. He plays, yes, he, he plays young Grinch. He, he plays young Grinch. Shortly before he passed away. Yes. Um, it was so bad, but so good. It had like such a hold on me and my sisters. And I remember even going to like my sister's friend growing up lived down the street from us. Yeah. And my mom gave us this whole lecture one day because she was like, I don't want you sitting at, ha- at home watching TV all day. So we were like, we're going out. We went to our friend's house and watched <laughs> TV there. Yeah. And watched Passions. And I remember thinking Sheridan was the nicest name i was like that's such a beautiful name sheridan loved it yeah anyway that was my soap opera yeah um yeah so emma is just bawling her eyes out at a soap opera um and but it's also over existential dread because she's like oh like we're all just specks in the great big universe small and the world is so big yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever, especially at her age, sat there and been like, oh, my God. Like, I'm so tiny and the world is so big. Oh, I did that when I was like five or six. Like, no. I, I had my existential dread when I was a kid. I got over it young. Yeah. No. Maybe mine is still yet to come. I would stare up at, like, the glow-in-the-dark stars on my ceiling and I'm oh. like, in real life, like, I'm so small. Like, is heaven past there? Like, where do we go when we die? So, anyways, we cut to the mall and... uh because uh spike was like hey emma no reason to be sad i know what it's like tell you what i have really good tips this week we're gonna go to the mall and do some retail therapy which is like such a cute little mom daughter thing to do yep they're eating ice cream emma is like going through all of her purchases she's like like, i got this skirt i love this it's gonna be great with everything go with all of the my like stuff that i just bought she's so happy yeah it's like a really cute mom daughter moment and then this creepy fuck says i'd like a look at that as they walk by ew and then he says they spike goes excuse me and he goes i'd like a lick of your cone and he looks gross i don't mean to profile somebody but he looks like a creep he looks like he is like a super murderer yeah like he looks like he would like like murder somebody and keep them in their basement in his basement for a little while yeah he's a creep yeah he's a murder basement for sure Good for Spike for standing up to him. Yeah, especially like in this day and age, you'd be like, I'd be afraid, like, to get punched. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, people are intense. Yeah. Some people are just looking for fights. Yeah. But yeah, Spike just tells him off, like, tears him down. She's like, it makes like when you say stuff like that, it's gross. Like, nobody thinks it's funny. 
it makes women like me feel bad. It makes us scared to go out. Like, I hope you're happy and like just dresses him down. And then even Emma's like, oh, like, did you have to do that, mom? Like Emma, who like is so extreme is like, oh, did you have to be so extreme? Yeah. And it's like you get where Emma gets it from. Which like, I'm kind of glad that Spike did that in front of Emma. Oh, for like, sure. No, guys shouldn't talk to you like that. Yeah. So Jimmy leaves. Ashley is so like perturbed by this whole thing. Yeah, she's like, oh, Toby, why'd you have to ask Jimmy to stay for dinner? Like, my whole plan was to not have him here today. And Terry's like, you know, it's okay. Like, it's, it's all good. Like, who cares? And Ashley's like, oh, I'm so fed up. Like, I'm almost ready to break up. And Toby drops a plate that clearly it's uh, it's like a plastic ceramic mix. So, like, he drops the plate, but it doesn't break. The whole joke is supposed to be like, oh, you drop a plate and it breaks, but it's, like, not broken. So Toby's upset. So Emma actually wasn't lying because her cute little white skirt does go with everything. Yeah. She's wearing like a little stripy sweater with it. I forgot how tall she is. Like she's towering above uh, Manny and Toby. JT like looked her up and down in like a very creepy way. Yep. Uh, And Jimmy's locker is decorated, which was like a big deal on your birthday in in high school. I know. I, my birthday is in the summer, so I never got that. I, so in my elementary school, um, you, on your birthday, you got like a special like shout out or like your friends could like come and do like a special birthday announcement. Oh, okay. And then you could go to the office and get like, I think it was like a little birthday certificate and pencil. Which, like, cute. Yeah. On the last day of school, they would call every summer birthday to the office. So you don't get, like, your special shout-out. Yeah. And then in high school, you would decorate your friend's lockers for their birthday. hmm Again, I never got that because my birthday was in the summer. Oh. And so my sisters both have birthdays in March. And my mom would always, like, make a big deal because they would usually have to go to school on their birthday. Yeah. So my mom would always, like, get them, like, treats to bring to the class. Yeah. Back when you could do that. Mm -hmm. And then she would drop off McDonald's for them on their birthdays. Like, she would double down. On the last day of school, my mom would give me, like, treats to bring in for my birthday. Yeah. But it just got kind of, like, swept up in the whole, like, last day of school. Yeah, like, you're not doing anything. You're all just eating snacks anyways. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, plus, That's a bummer. Plus, having a summer birthday is a little bit rough, too, because, like, when you're trying to plan it, a lot of people are away. Yeah. My birthday's the second to last week of August. Yeah. And... A lot of people are trying to like soak in the last little bits of summer. Yeah. So they're away. Yeah. They're same. Busy. Sam. Sam's birthday is August thirtieth. So like <gasps> August twenty fourth. Yeah. So she's a Virgo. Yep. Okay. But the problem is hers is like usually Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend. And yep. people are like, no, I'm not around. So like her birthday, she barely ever had parties as a kid because it was like all these kids were away yes. for the last week yes. before school. Yep. Although I remember one year at camp. Yeah. Uh, I had my birthday at camp and uh, on your birthday, your cabin got to pick like a special activity, like the birthday person. Yeah. Um, it was the all girls camp. So like your the birthday girl got to pick the special activity and we got to go into town, which was like such a treat. Yeah. 
and we rented a movie. Oh. So we got to watch a movie, and you would get, like, a special cake that they would make for you, and it was fucking delicious. Mm. And then you would, like, run around the dining hall, and everyone would sing for you. And I remember coming into this cabin, and everybody, <laughs> um, all of the girls were like, who, who has a birthday this summer? And I was like, oh, I do. And then they instantly started liking me because it meant that the cabin got, like, good cake. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they were just using me for the cake. Um, we found out my sister went to the same camp as you. Yes. Yes. Such a small world. We yep. didn't go the same summer. No. So she was there, I think, a year before me. Yes, we were. It would have been summer of I want to say ninety nine. Okay, so it was a year before me. Yeah, maybe I think maybe two years, a year or two before me. Yeah. Did she remember having to wear the white shirt and navy bottoms? I think so. It was like a little camp uniform. Yeah. Aw, um, I wish I remembered any camp songs. <laughs> <laughs> we had like ones that you had to sing. Like you didn't say grace, mm. but you sang almost like a grace. Yeah. Like, yeah. the Lord is good to me, and so I thank the Lord yeah. for giving me the things I need, and the, the Johnny Appleseed, the Lord is good so to me. We Johnny would Appleseed, do, amen. So, during dinner, like, to keep, like, dinner alive and, like, funny, yeah. you could request, like, a whole camp song. Yeah. So, we always did, like, the um, Growing Pains, like, show me that smile again. So, that was a big one. Okay. Or, sometimes we would do Silent Meal. Or, oh, okay. Or we would call it like a monk's meal. Yeah. So someone would like shout it out like, oh, we're doing monk's meal. And it meant that like nobody could talk. Mm. And if you were caught like making a sound, so like if you like giggled to yourself, then they, someone would come around and like take like your knife away. So you couldn't use your knife. <laughs> and then like if you were caught again, they would take your fork away. So you had to like eat with your fingers to yeah. make it like extra challenging. Okay. Yeah um oh so back to this like sorry <laughs> locker decoration like it was really for girls and yes. and jocks or, or like or boys who had girlfriends boys who had girlfriends yeah. yes yeah or like yeah if you had like a sibling in the school maybe like your siblings would do something i don't know if i ever really had a locker decorated but i also usually didn't go to school on my birthday the one year oh. it was like we were in the the osha um football finals or whatever and it was like i don't want to go to school where like half the school won't be there the other half will be at a football game i'm like if everyone's gonna blow off that day anyways like i'm just gonna stay home so i stayed home on my birthday in grade nine and then i think in grade 10 it was on a weekend and in grade 11 uh i just sort of yeah i was like yeah i'm not going to school like i didn't want to go to school on my birthday i was like if i can do anything i want on my birthday it's not go to school yeah and wear a uniform all day and you know see a couple kids that I like, but also just be stuck in class all day. I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'd rather just skip. So my parents usually just let me skip if I wanted. Well, that that's really <clears> nice. <throat> so Toby kind of spills the beans about, like, Ashley's... Yeah, he's staring at Jimmy's locker looking all sad, and Jimmy runs up to his locker. These girls spray him with silly string, and he opens his locker, and Toby just, like, is just standing there like a bummer. And Jimmy's like, hey, what's going on? Like, did Ashley say something? And Toby won't say anything. And Jimmy's like, what, are we going to break up or something? And then he does, like, this iconic grin. Yeah. And walks away. I don't know why Toby... Okay, I get that Toby's upset. Like, Jimmy kind of became, like, the big brother that he wanted. Yeah. 
Um, he was like teaching him how to play basketball. I think he was. And Toby's ho- a nerd, so Toby like Toby is a nerd, so I think he was hoping that like he would either a become cool vicariously through Jimmy, or b or just like through knowing Jimmy, yeah, or having that kind of like added protection of like if people were messing with him, Jimmy would be like fuck off, like stop, like stop it, yeah. Which like I get. Mm-hmm. My sister is a year older than me, yeah. So in school, really close in age, I looked the way I looked so I was never popular (laughs) (laughs) she was drop-dead gorgeous so she was and she was always dating no I shouldn't say always but she was she dated she had a few guys and I remember always thinking like oh if she dates that guy no one will mess with me (laughs) so I get it I get where Toby's coming from yeah because it was kind of like that added security of like if someone was making fun of you or, like, if people are messing with you, then, like, they would step in and, like... Well, Toby's also not an Ashley and not also, like, got a persecution complex. And yes. he's also, like, I enjoy having this person around. Like, this is somebody who likes my company so much that, like, he he wants to be around even if his girlfriend... Like, even if my si- stepsister doesn't want to see him, he yeah. wants to come over and see me. And, like... That is a nice feeling where it's like, oh, like, this person wants to hang out with me. Yeah. Especially when you are younger. Like, it does make a big difference. Like, I'm sure you remember having friends with younger siblings and you were like, like, I wouldn't necessarily go to my friend's houses specifically to hang out with their younger siblings, but I would always, like, check in with them, see how things were going. For sure. Yeah. Um, Okay, so... Toby, JT, Emma, and Manny are sunning themselves outside during yeah. lunch. And they're telling Toby that he shouldn't have said anything to Jimmy. And Which then I kind they're, of they're kind of right. He probably shouldn't have. And it was in his place. Manny is all defending it like, no, like, you know, wouldn't you want to know? But it's not his place. No. Uh, then we see Sean uh, walking up to the group. And Sean's really, like, interacting with emma and manny in this episode like he's like oh hey like let me show you the horoscope and uh he walks up he's drinking like a coffee gives himself like a little foam mustache like of course he would drink a coffee this like i'm assuming it's like a tim hortons french vanilla or or uh english toffee i think it's one of the like machine yeah things that you get in the cafeteria yeah so he says like oh hey i'm sorry about the other day about the uh astrology thing and emma's like no you know what I was freaking out. It's my bad. Why don't you uh, show me the astrology thing? Let's go to the, the lab before class. She gets up and looks at her and goes like, oh, no, Emma, sit back down. She goes, did you sit in something? And Emma goes, no. And then looks at her skirt and realizes that, uh, oh, no, she's had her period. So they tell Sean, like, oh, never mind. Uh, we don't have time now. Uh, we'll catch up with you later. Uh, of course, Emma is wearing a white or off-white uh, skirt. Honestly, that is literally every girl's nightmare. Yep. Like, of course she's wearing a white skirt. Of course she gets her period for the first time whilst wearing this white skirt. Yeah, while talking to a boy. (laughs) While talking to a boy, while at school. Like, it's just, like, layers upon layers upon layers of embarrassment. Yeah. Like, I I really feel like nobody has a good first period story. No. Mine was awful. I don't know if I feel like... <laughs> you don't have to share if you don't want. Sharing it. I mean, I 
I have shared it to many people, but yeah. it wasn't a good one. I mean, it's probably better than my sister's only because you had two sisters. My sister was the only girl. So like when we sort of found out that my sister had her period, it was just me and my brother like, oh, oh you had your period. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But like, okay. Okay. I was a very late bloomer. So I'm going to give you two embarrassing stories because okay. that's where we're at. We're all friends here. Mm-hmm. I was probably one of the last girls in grade eight. I didn't even get my period in grade eight. I got it really, really late because I was very like, I was just a late bloomer, really like a really teensy, teensy girl growing up. Didn't get it in grade eight, lied and told everybody that I got it because I was so embarrassed to not have had it. Right. To the point that I committed to the bit. I fucking committed. I would bring pads to school and keep them in my backpack. Right. I for, like I didn't realize like you only have to lie once a month. Yeah. You only have to like keep this charade going once a month. Yeah. No, no, no. I kept pads in my backpack. I would always be like, oh, guys, it's like the time of the month again. Oh, my God. <laughs> Multiple times a month. No one caught on. <laughs> no one caught on. I would go to the bathroom and, like, try and, like, conceal this pad that I did not need. Yeah. I had no business bringing to the bathroom with me. Didn't need it. Yeah. And I would, like, pretend to put it on, come out, and be like, can you guys see anything? No, they couldn't see anything because I wasn't wearing it. <laughs> I was such a... I deserved a fucking Oscar for the commitment that I brought to this. Yeah. So that's, that's how it started. <laughs> didn't get it until I was fucking, like... 14 turning 15 like the summer between grade 9 to grade 10 so this is like carry carry level like sure i was at my grandma's i was visiting my grandma in poor credit me and my friend we found out that our grandmas lived across the street to from one another in old lady apartments yeah so i was visiting my grandma we were then going to go and visit her grandma i got my period at her grandma's house (laughs) but it like emma got through everything her grandma um was like okay dear like we're gonna help you she gave me her old lady pants to wear which were like (laughs) so comfortable (laughs) like think like old lady gypsy pants like yeah like like what jog like those like kind of like cool joggers now yeah yeah yeah. so that's what she gave me to wear while i had to wash my pants but she didn't have like the accoutrement to to help a lady out yeah so i had to wear her old lady um overnight pad while washing my clothes that was my story okay so emma's pretty bad pretty bad yeah mine also pretty bad yeah because i don't think anyone has a good period story no that's fair Unless you're like, oh, I just got my period. I'm at home. And then your mom's like, okay, here. This is how you do what you need to do. And then you're like, cool. You're God's favorite and no one likes you. Yeah. This is sort of (laughs) like the episode of Ready or Not where uh, Uh, Busy busy gets hers at like band practice. Oh, my God. And she thinks she sat on something. And like one of the older girls has to tell her like, no, like you, you got your period. And she's wearing her band uniform. Okay. But Busy also had five brothers. That's true. Like, her brothers aren't going to be like, okay, you're probably going to get your period. Why don't you start carrying things with you just in case? Like, they're not going to help her out. They don't know. Yeah. All right. So back to this. Yeah. Uh, 
Ashley and Terry are complaining again about Jimmy on the front steps. Jimmy comes out. Like, Terry must be so tired of just having to talk about Jimmy and Ashley all the time. Yeah. Just all about Ashley's problems. So, first Ashley's like, oh, my dad's gay, but, you know, your mom's dead. And Terry just, like, seemingly puts up with that shit. Justice for Terry, guys. Yeah. So, Jimmy walks out and says, like, oh, Ashley, you don't have to come tonight if you don't want. And Ashley's like, of course, it's your birthday. Why wouldn't I want to come to dinner? Um, So... Then we cut to Manny covering Emma's butt with like a magazine so nobody will see the blood. But Emma's walking like like the Honda robot, like uh, Asimo, Asimo or whatever. Emma, it is the funniest thing like, you've ever It's like seen. almost like in slow-mo. <laughs> She's like, like marching with like her arms in front of her. Like drawing more attention than you did. <clears throat> yeah. Manny, Manny is a real, real friend for helping her out like this. Yeah, like like running point for her yes then uh she's like what about your gym shorts and she's like oh i took them home to wash and i don't know if i can find you anything to to you know to wear so um and like it's a bit it's not like a little spot it is like a like a fist sized spot of blood on the back of emma's skirt like there's no hiding it there's no hiding it you take your skirt and bring it to the front. Mm-hmm. So it kind of looks like you just spilled something on the front of you. Yeah. And the problem is, like, it's so low. Like, you can't even, like, oh, I'm just going to roll it up. Like, yeah. You would, it, there's no way to conceal this, like, how it how it's none, played out. None at all. None at all. Yeah. So she probably has to find something in the lost and found, which is just, just gross and horrible. Yeah. So yeah. Emma's in the bathroom and Manny, like, runs to to go see what she can find runs to find something i know a lot of teachers now will bring in their own supply and give it to kids when needed yeah which is helpful for sure um so emma's in the bathroom uh looking at her stain in the mirror uh page walks in and uh and emma's like oh manny what took you so long and um page realizes that emma's got this giant stain and says like you know hun you really shouldn't be wearing white uh when you know your period's coming and she said i didn't know it was coming yeah um so then we see page sort of have like a oh shit like am i gonna be a good person moment opens up her heart-shaped lunchbox purse and tells emma that she's got an extra pad with her um she keeps calling it a mini pad which as a as a boy i like i'd always heard the term maxi pad like, you just hear people talk about maxi pads. I didn't realize, like, oh, yeah, I guess if there's a maxi, there is the equivalent mini pad. A maxi pad is, like, the brand. Right. And kind of, like, the name of what it is. Right. I think what Paige is referring to is that it's, like, so... It's not, like, a super thick No, one. so at this point, I guess, like, the marketing for women women's products was all about, like, concealment. Yeah. So the pad that Paige hands Emma, we don't know the brand, but the whole point of that type was that it's so thin that you can put it in your pocket and no one would know. Yeah. So maybe the name was Mini Pad. I don't really remember. But she mentions Mini Pad like at least twice. And I was sort of like, okay, I didn't know that was a thing. No. But I mean, like you have maxi dresses and mini skirts. I'm like, (laughs) I guess it makes sense. Um. Yeah, like I said, like, 
that whole thing was like, oh, it's it's small enough that no one has to know. Yeah. Like, I, I remember that for the Tampax, the, the Tampax Compact. Yes. I remember the commercial where, like, the girl gets up in class and, like, the other girl, like, discreetly hands her the tiny tampon. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like, Tampax Compact. Like, you know, they're discreet. Yeah. I... I'm of the thought that, like, women are half the percentage of the population, if mm-hmm. not more. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that we bleed. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like concealing my shit anymore. Yep, that's fair. Not that I'm like, I'm on my period. But if I'm going to the washroom at work and I have to, like, pull a tampon out of my purse, I'm not going to, like, hide it. Yeah. And, like, walk to the bathroom. I don't care. Yeah, there's no shame. Like, there's no we're, shame. We're all grownups now. Yeah. Um, so Emma's kind of like trying to figure out how to and pa- use it. Paige is like, there's wings on it. And she's trying to make Emma feel better. She's like, oh, you know, like, it's not so bad. Like, you know, you're going to start getting boobs. And Emma's like, I don't know if I want boobs. And Paige is like, they're pretty great. And I like that Paige loves that she has boobs. Um, and she sort of gives her a pep talk of being like, just because you have your period doesn't mean that you're not a kid anymore. Like, you're just a girl with a mini pad. Um, I love that. So Manny runs in to give Emma gigantic gym shorts and she's holding a box of Kleenex as if like, well, if we can't find feminine products, you have to use a stack of Kleenex, we'll, which we'll figure it out from what I understand is something that girls have had to do before. Oh God. Yeah. Um, oh, so one cool inside thing I found out about this episode is we cut to the boys doing, uh, their book report. It's Toby and JT and they're doing a book report on the book, uh, Pontypool changes everything which is by Tony Burgess. And it's about a zombie-like virus that lives in the English language. Okay. So it's essentially like the virus infects you by you hearing a certain word. And then the word basically gets stuck in your head. And then you focus so much on the word that you can't think about anything else. And then you essentially become like a zombie where you're so obsessed with this word that like all you want to do is just like like you just go crazy so uh the neat thing that i found out is that i knew that uh bruce mcdonald who directed the movie based on that book called pontypool i knew that he directed a lot of episodes of degrassi and he actually directed this episode so not only is it they're doing a book report on a canadian book it is um a book that within uh 10 years the guy who directed this episode would direct a movie based on that book. And I was like, that's so cool. It's not even on the IMDb trivia. So so you really did the most for this episode. I tried. I tried. <laughs> and so, then Miss Kwan sort of gives him a hard time of being like, you basically gave us like the plot synopsis. You didn't tell us anything about the book. Um, so then Emma and Manny run in. And Emma is comically trying to hold the gigantic shorts that Manny brought her from falling down. And they tell Miss Kwan they had an emergency. And Miss Kwan's like, well, I can't wait to hear all about it. Uh, they, you know, try and get ready for this book report. They have to put all their stuff down at the front of the class. And we cut to Sean, who's like, you know, laying on his arms, but is, is perking up because you can tell that they're starting to try and hint that like, oh, maybe Sean thinks Emma's cool. Um, so... Manny awkwardly holds up Emma's pants as they fall down and Emma starts doing her book report about um, I heard it I heard the owl call my name which is by uh, Margaret Craven a American author but it was published in Canada because it's about a priest 
in BC. Uh, so they were doing, I'm assuming, an assignment about Canadian authors or, or Canadian stories. Yeah. Um, which is very fitting for Canadian TV. And um, yeah, so JT starts to make fun of Emma for her gigantic pants. So Emma claps back, which like... Because JT doesn't let it go. He doesn't let it go. He keeps calling He's her like, oh, out. the Emma Piho pants. Oh. Like, just like being like a teeny tiny little douche. Yeah. I love Emma for this because she says, like, if it were me, I would have like sunken into myself. Yeah. No, no gone... girl. No offense. Like, I don't know any girl who would have been brave enough to do this. Like, no, I would have gone beat red. I would have just started like shaking until the teacher was or just like, crying. Like, you poor thing. Just go sit down. Yeah. Um, but Emma, instead, because she's Spike's daughter, she says, "Actually, no. I started my period. I Do had you, my first period my first ever. Period. I'm sure you've heard of it. Like, yeah, it happens to all women, and it's yeah. nothing to be ashamed of, is it, Miss Kwan? And Miss Kwan's like, "Absolutely, Emma. Like, no reason to be ashamed. And you, and we cut to Sean, and Sean's eyes go like wide, Sean? but not in like fear, just no, sort of like, like, oh, this is like good for Emma. Like he's impressed yeah. by her." Which, like, I kind of love, and I feel like this is the moment that, like... Sean falls in love with her. Sean falls in love, <laughs> and this is the moment that I realize that they should have been Endgame. Yep. Which I hate that word, but yep. they really should have. Because 100%. they're so cute. They really are. It's so cute. And then she keeps... And then even though her pants are falling down and whatever, like, she just keeps doing the book report. Like, she's committed. Um... Then we cut to uh, Jimmy's house. This doesn't look like a family condo. No, it looks. We know he lives in a condo. It looks sort of like, like a a model home or something. Like it looks like just like a sterile IKEA kitchen. Yeah, like it kind of looks like you know when you go. I don't know if you guys have done this, but like when you go to look at like. A new build condo yeah you go to kind of like the model condo yeah this is what it reminds me of yeah like it looks like it has never been lived in like it's yes. super sterile but it also almost looks like when you go to like a newer office building and they're like yeah. oh like we have like a, a, a communal kitchen yeah like it looks like an office building's idea of a kitchen or like corporate housing where you just have to get like put up somewhere yeah. like yeah. that's what this reminds me of there's nothing yeah. like, it doesn't look lived in no like i would say Ashley, Toby's house, Emma's house, Terry's house. It all looks like these are family homes. Yeah. This looks like corporate housing, sad boy housing. Yeah. So Ashley's carrying the birthday balloon for Jimmy. And he's like, oh, my mom, you know, maybe she's going to get us Chinese food. Like she clearly hasn't had time to make us lobster. Oh, because we didn't touch on that. That was Jimmy's whole thing was like he was so excited for his birthday because his parents were going to get lobster, which is his favorite food, which like, yeah, no, he's rich if his favorite food is lobster because no 14 year old likes lobster. I like lobster. I'm allergic. So I've never I've never had it. Well, I've I've I'm allergic to shrimp, crab and lobster. Those are the best. I know. So uh, I had shrimp as a kid and uh, yeah. And then I, you almost died. I like, I got all swollen. And like, if I go get sushi, I'm, I'm usually fine. Like, cause I, I eat fish, but I just don't eat like anything. Shell, with, like yeah, shellfish. I can't eat shellfish. Yeah. But like, if, if it gets cross-contaminated, like my tongue just goes numb and my lips sort of swell up. So. Um, so, so Jimmy sees that there's a message waiting on the phone and he's like, oh, it's probably my mom telling us like when she's coming home. 
And then he checks the message and it's his mom saying like, oh, she can't make it to just like order pizza. And Ashley, you sort of see, starts to realize like, oh, this is really fucking sad. Like this is Jimmy's 14th birthday and his parents are nowhere. And uh, she's sort of like, oh, it's okay. And Jimmy's sort of like, why don't you just leave? Like, you're just going to break up with me anyways. (laughs) Which like, okay, again, Toby shouldn't have said anything. No. But Ashley said she was going to. Yeah, Ashley was like, oh, I can't dump him tonight because it's his birthday. Like, that's the whole, ugh, this is why I don't love Ashley. Like, she built this narrative around her head of, like, Jimmy's the worst boyfriend because he's over all the time and blah, 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 blah. But now she's starting to feel bad because Jimmy's parents aren't home and he's going to have to celebrate his birthday alone. So she doesn't want to leave him. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you can't have it both ways, sweetie. Like, you can't. Be mad that your boyfriend is there all the time and then feel bad for him and want to spend time with him. Yeah. So Jimmy is getting defensive and he's saying, like, just leave. You want to break up with me? Just go. Yeah. And Ashley's sort of like, no, like, you know, it's your birthday. Like, why can't we just forget this? And he's like, oh, you just don't want to break up with me because it's my birthday? Like, so you're going to wait. Cool. Like, you're going to wait till tomorrow and then break up with me. Like, just do it now kind of thing. Yeah. And then he gets very defensive and he's like, why don't you just go? Like, why don't you just get out of here? And then he's really rude. And he's like, did, are you, did you not hear me? Go. And like, I get it. Like, I've been the, the angry person where you're like, yep. I'm just going to be really defensive and rude to get this person to leave. Yeah, I need you to be, I need you gone. Go. Yeah. So then he calls up uh, Antonio's Pizza and orders the usual. Just a medium pepperoni, which is like, ugh, it's the opposite of the Joey special on Friends, which is two pizzas. It's the sad pizza special where it's like, yeah, just one medium pepperoni because I'm here alone. Okay, but I it's love sad. that. I love that he calls it like the usual. Yeah. Like well, that- like, and he doesn't even have to order. He calls and he goes like, "Hey, Antonio," and Antonio, and then Antonio clearly recognizes Jimmy's voice. He's like, "Oh, hey, Jimmy, the usual." I okay. I don't want to like get too far ahead of ourselves because we'll discuss this in the next episode but i think pizza is the universal food of neglected kids yep so jimmy said we cut to degrassi emma and manny are hanging out with a girl we've never ever seen before and they've got a clipboard and uh we find out it's because emma is starting a uh petition to get a tampon dispenser installed in the girl's bathroom and then Paige walks up and Emma asks if she wants to sign it. And Paige, you expect to just be like, ugh. But Paige is like, yeah, you know what? Sure. And then I don't know if Paige does the next thing to be rude or just to... I, I don't know why Paige does this, but Sean is seen riding his bike up. And uh, and Paige goes, hey, Sean, why don't you come over here and sign Emma's petition? It's to get a tampon dispenser. And you expect, like, Emma's horrified. And you expect to, Sean to sort of be awkward or weird about it. So, okay. I literally was just going to say that I feel like we paint Paige as the villain when sometimes she does rise to the occasion. And I feel like Paige is a girl's girl. Yeah. Like, I really do. I feel, I feel like, don't get me wrong. I feel like Paige is the kind of girl that's going to make fun of you in front of a boy mm-hmm. to make you feel bad. Yeah. To kind of cut you down if she likes that boy. But, but when I, she doesn't have a horse in the race, she's like, 
She's yes. rude to Ashley because Ashley's her competition. Exactly. And Ashley's a fucking... And so is Terry. And Ashley's a dick to Paige anyway. Yeah. I do, but I do Justice think Justice for Terry, of Justice course. for Terry. But I think that Paige, underneath it all, is a girl's girl. I yep. think Paige is going to do what she needs to do for girls. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a dick move. I wonder if this yeah. is like, are you like, are you a feminist? Are you going to stand with us? Yeah. And Sean says like, yeah, sure. And he signs it. And he says, if Emma came up with it, it's got to be a good idea. With this cute smirk on his face. So then Paige shakes her head and storms away. So maybe yeah. it was a little bit of a dick thing. I think she was trying to embarrass Emma because she was like, hey, I did Emma a solid yesterday and was nice to her. Yeah. So now I need to embarrass her. But the good thing is like, Paige is pretty good if she doesn't see you as competition. Yes. Which she clearly does not see Emma or Manny as competition, at least not yet. Not yet. Because Manny hasn't had her glow up. So Ashley is just like touching the picture. She opens her locker locker and it's a picture of Jimmy with his arms wide open. It says like, I love you this much. Oh my God, this is so cringe. And then Jimmy opens his locker and takes down the picture he has of Ashley. And Ashley sees him do it and sort of like goes to walk away with her giant turtleneck sweater. And then decides, no, I'm going to go talk to Jimmy. And she's like, oh, you know, like, how are you doing? Are you okay? And he's like, oh, I'm fine. You know, whatever. She's like, can we talk about it? And he goes to storm away. And she's like, I, th- I think overreacted. Maybe I didn't mean it. Because I think she part feels bad, but par- partly also realizes like, oh, I was being like kind of a bitch. <laughs> I also think that she doesn't want to be single no and jimmy's like you're only saying this because you feel sorry for me and he might be right i think he is right because like i think that this is where their relationship really like crumbles yes like i honestly and like i feel bad saying this i think that like at this point when you're in elementary school having a boyfriend is cachet Mm -hmm. you might not like him you might not like really want to be with him at that moment but being like, oh, he's my boyfriend. It's social status. It's social status. And I think that Ashley likes having a boyfriend. Yep. So that is coming of age. Yeah. We end it with them hugging and seemingly repairing their relationship, but we don't, don't really know. No, I don't think they actually do. Because I, yeah. We'll I mean, he ha- doesn't we'll start to, dating Hazel for a little while yet. We'll have but. to find out next week. Yeah. Don't forget, this is also the season where Ashley does ecstasy. Yep. And then has a big blow up with Jimmy. Right. Stay tuned, guys, because things are going to get crazy. All right. We will be right back with Degrassi Junior High with more sadness and twists and turns. All right. Yep. So we are jumping into uh, the the Degrassi Junior High episode. I think it's called What a Night. I think this is named after a song. Yeah. There's that. Oh, what a night. Late December back in 63. Yeah. What a night! Exclamation mark. I'm kind of excited about this because I forgot how much I really like Lucy. And like her kind of aesthetic where she doesn't really care about anything. Yeah. Anyway. Here we go. I'm excited. So, Lucy is shopping in what I think is a cellar? It looks like a Kmart or a a something, but yeah, a red, it's got red decor on the inside. So, this is kind of surprising to me, 
because Lucy seems very bougie. Yeah. But I guess she's also still in junior high, so it doesn't matter. So she picks up a scarf and shoves it in her purse while looking around to see if anyone notices. No one does. So she walks out, and now it's the world's longest theme song. Yeah. Which I don't hate. Yeah. No, it's 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 fun. But she's definitely in a department store of some sort. Yeah. I think, I think it's Sellers. I mean, I'm assuming it's supposed to be like at the Eaton Center. So I don't think it's mm. Eaton's because they had a very different color palette. But Mm-mm. I'm thinking it's like a Kmart or a Zeller's. Or uh, my mom always talks about Wilco. Yeah. Yeah, that which, was a big one. Which was like a very popular store of yesteryear. Yeah. So, so Radich is... Okay. This I never understood. Radich is going over words that like they need to learn for their spelling test. Yeah. I don't remember doing spelling tests in grade eight. No, that was like grade two, three, like maybe five. Yeah, I like don't think I remember that... doing like a spelling bee in like grade five. Okay, but I think that was the last time where like you you really had to show spelling outside of like your assignments. Yeah, like you would definitely be marked on like spelling correctly. Yeah, and then you would have to use like the dictionary and shit like that. But I don't think we did spelling tests. Um. This is probably my biggest flex. I rocked at spelling bees. Nice, nice. I'm a very, very good speller. I'm not good at a lot of things, but I'm really good at spelling. And I was very good at spelling bees in elementary school. So, you know, your girl is cool. I used to be okay at spelling. And then when autocorrect got invented, that part of my brain was and like, uh, like, yeah, like uh, the in in Microsoft Word where you could just search for spelling mistakes. I'm like, cool. Like, I don't need to worry about spelling anymore. Like, I'll free up that part of my brain. Do you remember writing like papers and hitting the like thesaurus or synonym? Yeah. And like finding like bigger, better words to like plug in. Yeah. And thinking like, oh my god, this is gonna impress them so much. Yeah. Even though like. It doesn't make sense. Um, It's not great. You want to hear the best spell check story ever? Absolutely, I do. So when I worked at the hospital, I had a boss who was kind of a a dumb guy. He was a guy that like when people heard he got promoted to be like the sort of manager of my department, which was um, like the supply, like we delivered supplies to the hospital. They called us purchasing or, or stores. But um when people heard he was the boss, they were a little shocked because he wasn't a very, didn't come off like a very smart guy. And he would send emails written all in caps, which was like an insane thing. But he also, his emails were filled with spelling mistakes. And these were emails going out to like, you know, other departments. So at one point, one of the other managers who was a friend of his was like, look, you need to start using spell check. So write your emails in Microsoft Word before you send them, run spell check, and fix the email before you send it out. So he started doing that, and uh, I guess one time he wrote the email and then wrote his name in the email um, and then ran the spell check, and it just like, oh, do you want to autocorrect all these words? And he said yes, not realizing that... His last name was 
Partido, and because he had written Partido in the email in the Microsoft Word and then run auto spell check, it auto corrected his last name to Potato, uh... and he didn't notice it. So then he copied and pasted it into the email and sent it to everybody. <laughs> so everybody started calling him like Mike Potato. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was, like, after I had left my job, and, like, I ran into a guy I worked with, and he's like, oh, man, like, the Mike Potato story, I gotta tell you. So, like, we were all, like, I I still think it's one of the funniest things ever. I like that. Yeah. All right. So, so the bell rings, uh, Steph gets up to leave, and Radish goes, wait, and makes her sit back down. Okay. I'm gonna say something here. Okay. The way he says that with, like, such authoritative presence. Okay, Radich. <laughs> All right. Is Radich a snack? Ah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Radich could get it. Rad- I think so. Radich could get it. Young Radich with his authoritarian presence. Okay. I yep. see you. I see you. For sure. Okay. So he's kind of giving them a lecture about how they're not applying themselves. And, and they like... really need to do well on this spelling test. So we see Vula sort of look over at Lucy. And then Lucy is asked to stay behind by Radich. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see uh, Steph and the twins walk out. And uh, they talk about wanting to sneak to the library to watch um, their soap opera. And as long as they have somebody to keep watch... They can essentially use the TV in the library to watch um, whatever they want. The TV is supposed to be for educational stuff only. Okay, so I never understood this because, like, A, during the day, what educational stuff are you going to be watching anyway? I will say the Olympics. The Olympics is something where, like, when it was happening, and I I remember, like, being in grade one and, like, going to the library and then wheeling out the TV for, like, the class to watch figure skating or, yeah. or like I remember the I think it was Lillehammer Olympics or something was when I was in grade one and just like watching the Olympics and just being so excited about that. But beyond that, like our our school didn't have like like cable or TVs in every classroom or any of that. So like TV wasn't that big of a thing, at least like, you know, it eventually when you got a little older, it became like, oh, the TV's on carts with the VCR where you'd watch stuff in every class. But like. This was still at that weird point between, like, phasing out projectors for educational films and then phasing in TVs that were cheap enough to be able to wheel around the school. So my school didn't have, like, a cable access TV that was just, like, readily available for students. Yeah. Like, you weren't able to, like, go to the library and just, like, watch TV. Yeah, no. That being said, in my media arts class... Mm-hmm. There was a TV that you could kind of just like. Was this in high school or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a TV that was like for purpose of like showing your work and like yeah. whatever or like even like doing research. But my teacher was pretty cool about letting us just like chill and do whatever we wanted in that class. So. Oh yeah, in my, I mean, we had there was no there wasn't a TV in every room, but like there was a cable hookup in case because mm-hmm. I remember on. Like nine eleven, they wheeled a TV in mm-hmm. and like hooked it up so we could watch the news and everything. So well, like, yeah, because that was like a real life, real time, yeah, event. Yeah, but okay. beyond that, when I was in media arts class, my teacher actually had like a projector in the classroom, 
and he would just let us like watch movies projected on the wall and yes. like that was pretty great but um, i love to be a media arts teacher oh it was the best every media arts teacher i had is like the, the teacher that affected my life yes because like there wasn't like a standard curriculum no of like what you actually had to do yeah like we fucked around oh like, totally we i remember the bulk of my class because like he really didn't care what we did like he cared but like not like yeah you have to do this you have to do this he wanted us to do work but he didn't want us to he didn't you know the amount of shirts that i silk screened (laughs) just because like there was a silk screener in that's so cool we didn't get to do that that's awesome loved it we just got to do videos my teacher was like a big proponent of getting like a mac lab So, like, I learned how to use, like, iMovie and Adobe Premiere in high school. We got to, and I thought this was pretty cool, we got to take the photos for yearbook. Okay. Which is pretty cool. And I think a part of that was that he wanted us to just, like, leave the class. Yeah. Whenever we wanted to take the photos. But we also got to learn a lot about, like, photo layout and, like, Photoshop and, like, how to actually like do like a page layout which was really cool yeah which has served me well in my yeah life. I, I still use the photoshop skills i learned in grade 10 like i, I you know I, I didn't really get better at it but i always think like when you use the magic wand and you get like the the little outline the dotted outline my teacher called it like the marching ants mm. so like anytime i'm using photoshop i'm like gotta get the marching ants gotta get the marching ants um right. but yeah shout out to mr pickley and Mr. Lucy, the oh, the shit. two best uh, media arts teachers. Okay, so Lucy is wearing her stolen scarf. Yep, and talking to uh, Mr. Radich, Rad Daddy. Yep, and she looks so incredulous to be held back right now. Yep, and he's sort of letting her know, like, look, your your marks are really slipping, and you're not doing so great. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you don't smarten up, like you might have to repeat grade eight. Which okay, what year is this? This is eighty. This is eighty nine or ninety. Okay, I think this is still eighty nine. Okay, so yeah, I guess kids still got held back because kids today don't get held back. No. So when I first watched this, I was like, okay, that's an empty threat. But I guess kids would. Oh, I guess. Joey did. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. I know, like, there was a kid in my school who, like, repeated grade two. Like, there was a kid who was, like, he transferred into our school, and he was, like, a year older than all of us because he had repeated grade two. We didn't have anybody, I don't think, repeat. And we had a couple kids who skipped a grade. Mm. Um, but, yeah, Radish says to Lucy, like, is there anything going on at home? Is there anything wrong? And she's like, nope, everything's great. She's clearly lying. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you know, like, you, you need to really get in on this. You need to start paying attention. Like, your your educational career is going to be in trouble. And Lucy just looks pissed. So they are now watching Days of Passion Yep. in the library. Yep. Which, Starring uh, Damon King. Which, with... like, how are they getting away with this? What, all of them just watching it? Yes. Oh, because the librarian is not there. Okay. Uh, they're all sort of watching it, 
uh, Joey and Wheels are making fun of it. Um, like, is it their lunch? Like, are I they think allowed so. to just like do this during lunch? I guess so. But Steph had said earlier, like, we'll have somebody acting as as like lookout. Okay. Because you're not supposed to be. Because I'm assuming this is supposed to be like study hall almost. Where, like, you're sitting in uh, okay. the library for, like, a study hall. Okay. So the librarian, yeah, is not there. They're watching Damon King make out with this blonde girl and feel her up. Uh, Joey and, and uh, Wheels are making fun of it, and the girls get furious. There is a big sign underneath the TV that says TV is for educational purposes only. Yeah. Which they are not abiding by. Nope, they're all rule breakers. Yes. So Vula is asking Lucy um, what Radich wanted. And uh, Lucy says that Radich was being a fascist. Which, like, was he, Lucy? Yeah, was he being no. a fascist? No. No. He was giving her just a standard warning. Uh, and uh, Vula's like, you know, maybe I can help you study. And, uh Yeah. I think, I don't know if it's now or later, but I, I have it written down where Lucy says, it's my right to flunk if I want to. Um, it's later. So they're watching the soap opera and Steph is like, Damon King is coming to town. I want to meet him because he's signing copies of his of his book at the bookstore. And the girls are like, oh, okay. Um, then the lookout says, oh, the librarian's coming. They all turn off the TV and pull out their books. And she walks in and she goes, I didn't hear the TV, did I? They're like, no, ma'am. And she knows they're all lying, but you know what the fuck is she going to do? She's the librarian, like, whatever. Vula and Lucy, you know, after playing it cool, it's sort of like, do you really mean, though, what you said? Like, can you help me with my spelling? And Vula's like, yeah, sure. So we go to Lucy's house, and we see uh, Vula, like, quizzing her on spelling. I don't know why they have, like, textbooks upon textbooks out. If they're Yeah, just... you just need a dictionary. You it's fine. Or even the, the list of words Radich gave you. Yeah. Because he had them all written on the board. Uh, then we hear the phone ring. And uh, it's Lucy's mom. And you actually hear Lucy's mom on the phone. Like, it's not a one-sided it's, conversation. It's not like Jimmy where... Yeah. Like, you don't hear Jimmy's parents. Yeah. So, Lucy's mom actually sounds really cute. Yep. And she's like, oh, Lucy, like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm held up in this meeting. I'm going to be at least another hour. Like, is your dad home yet? She says, no, dad called. He's also going to be late. But Lucy's mom keeps saying, I'm stuck downtown. I'm held up downtown. Yeah. So, like, where downtown? Yeah. Like, Bayfront? Young and Eglinton? I'm assuming maybe she works on base. Like, I don't know if she's... I can't remember because one of them's a doctor or one of them's a lawyer. I get it mixed up sometimes with, like, her and, like, Lisa's parents on, on Save by the Bell. Because they both have, like, similar parents. Like, two parents who were never there. Yeah. But they're both working professionals. Yes. So, so Lucy's bummed that her mom's not coming home. And she says, I'm tired of studying. Let's go have some fun. Yeah. And Vula's like, what? What are you talking about? They run downstairs, go to Lucy's bedroom. Lucy's house is not what I expected it to be. No, not for like rich professional. Like you expect it to be more like Jimmy's house, like the sterile house. Yes, like a Kardashian house. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, we modeled this house after a dystopian future. Yeah. So Erica and Heather and Stephanie are pretending that they're in a soap opera 
And it's actually kind of cute. Yeah. They're just doing like soap opera over the top acting and talking about like being in love and oh I don't love you and oh no what are we doing but it's which like, is funny because like they're actually twins which is like one of the biggest soap opera things like oh yes. there's a secret twin so cute so Vula is trying on Lucy's clothes and, and she, she looks so cute you were so excited about this outfit I have written down as a as a note Vula rocks the cheetah pants Vula looks adorable like, it's age-appropriate. They always dress her up, like, in these old-world, like, old-school, you know. So, before before she changed, Vula was wearing a floor-length plaid skirt. And, like, a peasant's blouse. A blouse with a vest over it. Yeah. So, like, nothing was shown and no hint of a figure was seen. Yeah. So, she looks a adorable she's got like this cute little tank top on with these like little leopard leggings and a um like a little scarf it looks like yeah or like a little kerchief or something like yeah like vula's the kind of girl i would have had a crush on in school like the kind of nerdy girl you have who a crush cute. on her now she's cute <laughs> she's a cutie okay what does she look like now do you th- do you think you can find out where are they now and like a, did a for Vula, some of them. A Vula, where are they now? Okay, Vula was played by. Let's see. Nikki so, Kemeny. Vula is so happy with how she looks, and Lucy is trying to convince her to keep it. And Lucy and Vula is saying like, "My parents won't let me dress like this." Blah blah blah. blah. And Lucy's saying like. My parents don't care. They buy me everything, but they're never home. They're not here to bug me, so it's fine. I don't care. Um, you know, she just looks like somebody's mom now. Oh, okay. She's in like an article on CBC about how during COVID she started like a sing along for like first responders and Stop, stuff. That's so cute. Yeah. You know what? She but I mean, aged? like her as like older teenage Vula, like great. Looks cute. cute like like cute. I said, she's the kind of girl I, I would have had a crush on in high school. She's the kind of girl that I really would have wanted to be friends with. But I would have been intimidated by their intellect. Right. And I don't think she and I would have had very much in common. Right. Because like I told you, I was a very big drama nerd. Vula starts feeling sad for Lucy because Lucy says, like, my parents aren't home. They buy me whatever I want, but they're not really home. But it's okay because I'm self-sufficient. Yeah. And then she says, stay, stay. Like, we can get whatever we want to eat. And my, well, my mom's going to cook for us. She takes, like, cooking classes and stuff. And Vula's like, no, I have to go home. Like, my, my dad wants us all to eat dinner as a family. Like, it's something we have to do. Which, like, I think really hurt Lucy. I think yeah. Lucy felt really sad for that. Well, I don't think Lucy's ever really had, like, family dinners. So Vula gets changed back into her, you know. Her... Old world tartan outfit. Yeah. And then she's about to leave and Lucy gives her the scarf uh, to, to wear. She's the like... stolen scarf. Yeah. Um, and Lucy's excited because she knows her mom is coming home and her mom has said she'll cook something when she gets home, whatever. So now we hear the phone ring again. Lucy runs to answer it after Vula leaves. And her mom basically tells her, oh, I'm still hung up. I'm going to be like at least another hour. Why don't you just order some pizza? 
Um, and you can tell Lucy's just really disappointed. She's very sad. Yeah. And she, she says, I'll, I'll fix. So mom says, order pizza. She says, which, like I said earlier, ne- neglected, neglected kids food. Yep. Latchkey food. And Lucy says, no, it's okay. I'll, I'll fix my own dinner. And then hangs up the phone and starts well, crying. Mom actually says, there's sushi in the fridge. Which, like, I think at, bougie. I think at that time was supposed to be marketed as more of, like, a rich person food. Oh, 100%. Because um, I know that, like, Claire in the Breakfast Club eats sushi. Yeah. And I think it's, like, a very, like, oh, it's exotic, only, like, rich people eat it. Yeah. My parents grew up in Toronto. They didn't come for money. My parents didn't have sushi until me and my younger sister, who were both living at home, in between school and working and whatever, made them eat it. Yeah. They had never tried it before. We made them eat it, and they liked it. It's a thing where I had a, I had a Japanese, a, a teacher of Japanese descent when I was in, like, grade and he brought in sushi for like people to try as like oh like this is a thing i'm gonna like share with you guys that's really cute but after that it was like i was in high school before i had sushi like on my own yes i remember like going to lunch with this girl and her being like let's go to the sushi house and i'm like yeah okay whatever like i know i'm allergic to shellfish but like I'm, i'm sure i'll like sushi and then trying it and my mom is not somebody who would ever, ever, ever eat it. But my dad, my dad was like a pretty worldly guy. Like he grew up because he moved over from England as a kid. They grew up in a lot of like immigrant areas. Yes. So he had like a lot of ethnic food as a kid. Like, oh, he'd go over to this kid's house and like, oh, this kid's mom is German or oh, this kid's mom is is from Spain. So like he tried a lot of food. And then when he lived in on his own in Toronto, because that's where he grew up for the most part of his teen years. He lived like on the Danforth, which is like Greek town Greek and everything. Town. Yeah. So he ate like a lot of Greek food, a lot of everything. He was allergic to crab, which is where I got my shellfish allergy from. But he wasn't allergic to shrimp. So he ate like a lot of shrimp. And I know he must have had sushi at some point before, you know, before me. But then it became like a thing we would do like he and I would just go to like all you can eat for lunch and then we would just get sushi together. Like that was one of our things. So yeah, it was, but like to hear about it in the eighties in somebody's fridge, like, yeah, it was supposed to be like, unless you were an Asian character, it was, it was a rich person. thing. It was a very rich person thing. So Lucy goes to the fridge. She takes out the sushi. Yeah. And a single tear rolls down her face. Yeah. And, like, I don't know if it's fake, but it looks like a very fake tear. Oh, because it was way out. It was, like, on the outside of her cheek. Like, how did the tear get out, Get that far out? Okay, so we're in class the next day, and they're doing their spelling test. Yeah, so he's like, oh, paralysis. And, like, he's doing, like, the real, like, saying the word twice, using it in a sentence, and... Lucy looks really excited because it's like, oh, she knows all these she words. She knows these words thanks because to Vula. Vula and her went over them. I feel like Vula is kind of the Terry. Yep. Where she's just the supporting character. She's the supporting character. Everybody kind of shits on her. Yep. 
And, like, she tries so hard to be friends with everybody and help everybody, but they're not deserving of her help. No, because they're all the main characters. They're like, oh, I have all the most problems. At least, I'm glad Vula at least got her own episode. Oh, and she's wearing the scarf that Lucy gave her. Yeah. So, the twins are following Stephanie K out of class. And they're not sure if they want to go to the book signing. It's... Because Steph, Steph is really trying to make herself look great because she wants this guy to hit on her. Like, she, she's excited because this guy's this cute guy from TV that she wants to be noticed. So they go to the bookstore, and it says, From Days of Passion, Damon King, and his new book, King of Hearts. It literally looks like someone glued a cover Oh yeah. Around a couple pieces of paper. This is the most fake looking prop they've had in a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, the one the one copy of the book has like a, or no, they have lipstick prints on it, which is weird because he's a man. Yeah. Uh, but he's the king of hearts though. That's true. Uh there's an amazing lady in the background standing behind Steph and the twins who's like a tall red-haired lady with an eye patch. Yeah. And she looks like uh the one character from Twin Peaks, yes. who is the crazy lady with the eye patch. Okay. I have a couple questions for you. Okay. So Stephanie is the most excited to meet this guy. Yep. Have you ever gone to a book signing? Yes. Okay. I met Nick Offerman. <gasps> Shut up. Who played Ron uh, Ron on uh, Parks and Rec. Oh, my God. That is the ultimate Because he was signing his book called Paddle Your Own Canoe. Yes. A self-help guide to, you know, being self-sufficient and everything. Uh, And it was in Toronto. Yep. And it was at the big chapters uh, at uh, like Queen Queen and John. It's like Richmond and John there. Yep. And uh, yeah, I went with a couple friends. We we drove, made a, a morning out of it in Toronto, then lined up for like two hours or whatever it was. And uh yeah, we all bought a copy of the book and I got to meet him and I said I was wearing a Chicago Bears hat because that's my team and I didn't know that he was actually from like uh, upstate Illinois. Okay. So he was like, I love your hat. And I was like, oh, thank you. I, I-, I love your shirt. He was wearing like this insane like American flag shirt. Uh, and then I was like, I got to say like, you know, love you on Parks and Rec, but like I really thought you were funny on Gilmore Girls. He was really funny on Gilmore Girls. Because he plays Jackson's brother, yes. Bo. Bo. Who came out for the birth of the, their kid. And the baptism. And, yeah. And yep. the kid and Suki and Jackson's kid was late. So he kept having to like rebook his flight to go yes. home and be a jerk about it. So he's like, yeah, I had a great time working on that show. And uh, yeah, so I got to meet him. And then I also went to a book signing of the uh, musician Nick Cave. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So he was doing it this was at like the indigo in the eaton center and like that was like like lined up for like three hours it was crazy um and he's from australia and it was funny because he in the middle of book signing he's like oh like i gotta go for a cigarette so he walked out into the main part of the mall and they're like no like you can't smoke in here he's like what like no you gotta go like outside so i had to like take him through like the catwalks to go outside to smoke so he could come back inside he was like i can't smoke in the store and they're like no he's like i can't smoke in the mall and they're like no (laughs) Uh, but have you been to a book signing? So I have not. I, uh, like I was telling you, I used to work in a mall. Right. And um, I 
I don't know if I was working that day or I just like went to the mall to like grab something, but I went to um, an indigo at the mall. Yeah. And there was like an author sitting at like what looked like a little folding card table with this little book propped up. Yeah. And a stack of books sitting beside him. And I remember making eye contact with him. And I'm such an awkward person that like, <coughs> sorry. Oh my God. Sorry. Um, I'm such an awkward person that if, like, I almost feel like I can feel like another person's like disdain or awkwardness. So I'm like, I'm walking by and i see this guy and i make eye contact with him and i'm really 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 trying not to because i like i don't want to buy his book i don't even know who he is yeah uh so i didn't even i didn't even go into indigo that day and that's literally the only time i've ever almost been to a book signing yeah i don't even know who the um the author was i don't know what the book was didn't buy it didn't ask just just couldn't do it couldn't do it yeah, I did. I did. I was in like a a Kohl's or it was like a small bookstore, and I saw one of those guys once. And like, yeah, yeah I was sitting at the front with like a pile of his books, and I walked in. He's like, "Oh, do you like like spy movies?" Yeah, they asked me too. They were like, "Do you like this?" And I was like, mm. "He's like, do you like James uh, Bond?" Uh, 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 and I was like, "Sure." He's like, "Yeah, I write like spy novels." And I was like, "No, thank you." Oh no, <laughs> like, no, no, no. But he was like right at the front. Like you had to walk past him yeah, to get you, in the like, store. You you had to see them. Yeah. So, I felt bad. Okay, my next question. Mm-hmm. Who is a celebrity that you have met? I've met most of the ones I met were at like like fan expo. We're at like okay. like fan conventions. Um, I met Adam West. Oh, that is cool. And got his autograph. Okay. Um, I met. Um, I'm trying to think of other like, like a lot of the ones I met were like horror movie directors or horror movie actors or like people in weird one-off things but adam west was the one where i'm like okay like i'm willing to spend like the 50 bucks or whatever for his autograph and a picture he was the the one i was like most excited to meet like that's a good get that's a good celebrity yeah okay um and then i've seen a couple like you know people out and about but um no like it's funny like every time anybody i know has seen a celebrity it's like i was like five minutes away or i was like oh i'm not coming this time like my brother saw like and met like clive owen at the (gasps) airport uh uh sam and my best friend max saw sam neil at at a at a bookstore in toronto um uh from of of jurassic park fame um um i mean max lives in toronto so he sees people all the time he saw yeah. like Guillermo del Toro like like out on the street. He saw um yeah, he just sees he's he saw Eugene Levy and Dan Levy one time like walking to the CBC building. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. What about you? Okay. I for somebody who loves celebrity so much, I have yet to have met somebody. I kind of met Ashley from Degrassi. Okay. My friend and I were in Toronto. We went to the Santa Claus Parade. We um, brought wine with us. Right. So 
So we were drinking, and then the Santa Claus parade ended, and we were like, we gotta, we gotta keep this going. So we went into some bar, I don't even remember, and Ashley was the bartender. And I remember fangirling a little bit, even though I don't love her, but yeah. it's still somebody from Degrassi. For sure. And I was like, oh my God, that's, that's actually- Somebody who kissed Drake. That, that, <laughs> oh my God, right? <laughs> I was like, that's, that's Ashley from Degrassi. That's Ashley from Degrassi. And my friend was like, okay, but I don't know if you can recognize them right now. I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, she's a bartender. I don't know if she wants to be recognized right now. Right. So no, sh- no shame. Yeah, yeah. No shame. So I was like, all right, all right, all right. So I like had to play it cool. She comes over and is like, what do you guys want to drink? And I was like, oh, just wine, just wine, just wine. And I didn't even make eye contact with her because I was I'm, I was not worthy. Um, and so she was one of the only celebrities that I met. I have seen Max from the Arkells a couple of times because okay. he actually used to live around us. Right. I don't know if he does anymore. I think he lives in Toronto. Yeah. But he used to live around us, so we used to see him a couple of times. And every time, I would get so excited. And my husband was like, "He, we see him all the time. <laughs> he's on the bus. He's here. He's there. He's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And... I once met Howie Mandel. Cool. Um, my I was staying with my aunt, and my cousin had a soccer tournament. Okay. And they were, uh, I think we had to stay in a hotel, or we were going through like something. And we were going through a hotel. We's like walking through the lobby, and we see Howie Mandel, and my cousin shouted. Bobby's World. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, it was like an early to mid-90s cartoon yeah. uh, where Howie Mandel was like a voice of... Yeah, it was uh, this... He yeah. used to do this voice in like his stand-up act. There's like a little voice like this, like a high pitch. Yes. And then he used it as like a character of like him essentially like... What if he was sort of based on like his childhood, but yeah. it wasn't him because he also was the voice of the dad. Yes. That looked like him with hair. Um, it was like he played a couple characters. Yeah. So that was like what he was most famous for at that time. But he also started at that time. Oh, it might have been the late 90s that we saw him because he started doing Deal or No Deal. Yeah. And so we're walking through the lobby and my cousin yells, Bobby's World. And then Howie Mandel stops and looks at us, and he comes and, um, oh, hey, how are you guys doing? And he didn't shake our hands. No. He just he, fist, yeah. he fist bumped all of us. And my cousin was so excited because he loved Bobby's World. It was a fun show. It was a great show. Fish Don't Stink, yeah. that song. Great show. And, but that was literally my only celebrity encounter. I grew up... I grew up near Hal, Hal Johnson and Joanne McLeod. Cool. They lived... Body break? Yeah, they lived in the same neighborhood that I grew up in. Yeah. So I I didn't know, know them, but we like would see them every now and then. Um, Pinball Clemens. Oh, you, yeah. 
if you don't know, Canadian football player. Yeah, he was an Argo, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He lived down the street from my parents. That's cool. Uh, that's pretty much it for I w- celebrities. I will say, like, I normally do get really nervous. Like, when I met Adam West, it was sort of like, okay, I'm meeting Batman. Like, I'm paying money. I need to be cool about yes. it. Yes. Other people I've met where, like, I wasn't paying, it, it takes a lot of nerve for me to go up and be like, because it's weird. You're basically like, oh, this is somebody you admire or you like or whatever. Like, uh, I met, like, an actress from this movie one time, this movie called May. It's, like, this weird horror movie. And I was really excited to meet her. And you could tell, like, she wanted to talk because, like, I, I knew who she was. But I was, like, I was so shy. I was, like, oh, like, thank you so much. Like, could you sign my DVD? And she did. And then she's, like, oh, like, I, like what do you think? And I was, like, it's a good movie. And, like, I, I, I was so tongue-tied. And, like, when I was interning at the Space Channel... I got to go to Fan Expo, like the big fan convention uh, with them. And they kept bringing people like into the little booth they had to like just do like like interviews like, oh, yeah. hey, what are you working on? What have you got coming up? Like so like Marina Sirtis, who played like Counselor Troy on Star Trek Next Generation, was like a couple feet away from me. People who were on Battlestar Galactica, like all these people from sci fi things were like right near me. And I could have gone over to be like, oh, hi, like nice to meet you. But I was like way too nervous way too shy like even um jason muse was there because he was in a show that they were doing um but i just got like so tongue-tied around a lot of people i mean i didn't meet him but like i talked to kevin smith when he did like an evening with he did like a a film festival at a a theater and like you could go up and ask him a question and i got to ask him a question and like that was really fun yeah the only time i was ever like cool and didn't fucking blow it was um oh shit sorry one time um sam was at an event and it was like this 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 dog walking thing uh that they did here in hamilton and they were like oh and like uh it's it's blah 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 and then ashley leggett so she was from life Life with Derek. derek so but at this point she had like her hair dyed blonde she was holding this dog and she had these sunglasses on so they were like oh like sam was up talking and like she was just standing and like i was standing next to her and i was talking to her and there's a car dealership here called like legget auto so i just thought like oh okay like she's like a spawn she's related to the sponsor so i didn't even realize who she was so like her and i had like this whole conversation about like dogs and living in the area and doing whatever and i had no idea who she was and then uh, we leave and Sam's like, oh, like I saw you, you were talking a lot with uh, Ashley Leggett. And I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, is she and like the car? And Sam's like, no, like that's the girl from Life with Derek. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I played it so cool. Ashley Leggett is actually from Hamilton. Okay. She, I think, is like actually pretty big, like in like Hamilton things. Yeah. Uh, but Life with Derek yeah great show yeah set in london set oh london yeah like set in london ontario because she's supposed to be like her and her sister it was her it was like casey and lizzie they moved from toronto to london and they were sort of mad that they had to move out to london like that was the whole thing with the show i would be are you kidding me i i mean our best friend lives in london no shame to london but like london is if i if london's a fun place to visit and if I grew up in London, I would understand enjoying London. Yes. But from the outside looking in, London is bad. <laughs> if I had to go from Toronto yeah. to London, yeah. I'd be mad. Oh, 100%. All right. So 
yeah, getting back to it, uh, they are at the the book signing. Um, Steph makes her way up to the front of the line. Um, she says, "I I couldn't buy the book right now because I I don't have enough money." But could you sign this like the soap opera digest essentially? Okay. I just I wanna I wanna comment on the backdrop of his display. Yeah. It literally looks like okay, so it's like those trifold like Bristol boards. Bristol of things. board things that you would use for a presentation. Yeah. With glitter hearts yep. around it. Like, that is something that, like, you would do for, like, a little presentation. Yeah, it looks not... like arts and crafts. Like arts a... and crafts. Yeah. Not not a book signing. Yeah. And the lady with the eye patch, you can see her there. They just put, picked anyone for, for the extras in this scene. Now, I will say, at most book signings, they're only allowed to sign the book. Yes. Because what happens is, like, the bookstore essentially, like, pays... Or it, it's like a whole deal where, like, you have to buy a copy of the book at the store and then get them to sign it. Yeah. So with Nick Offerman's book, it was like you bought a book, you got the receipt put in it, you waited in the store, and then somebody from the store sort of was there with Nick Offerman making sure that like he only signed. That like bought books. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I saw Nick Cave, same thing. People had brought like records or CDs to try and get him to sign. And it's like, sorry, mate, like I can only I can only sign the book. Which is kind of not fair, especially if you're, like, a pretty big fan. Yeah, because, like, it's, this is your only access sometimes because, yeah. like, other times it's like, oh, you want to do a meet and greet? Like, that's an extra $500. Like, yeah, exactly. That's insane. Yeah. But so he gets, he gives the autographs to Steph and then he kisses her and he's like, oh, like, I trade, like, an autograph for a kiss. Seems pretty fair to me. Uh, which, like, she's kind of into, but is gross. Um, she, so she walks oh, away. He says, one autograph, one kiss. That's my policy. And she's walking away. She shows Heather and Erica the autograph. And they're like, he wrote down his number. And she gets so excited. She is so smitten. Yeah. So, okay, we're in Radish's class. He's handing out the spelling bee or the spelling test. Yeah. But he's, ca- okay, so he's calling them up one by one. And then and like commenting. announcing in front of the class. Exactly. Which is like not a practice that teachers thankfully use anymore because that's not fair. Uh, so none of my teachers did that. But I had a teacher, my math teacher in like grade eight. She did a thing where it was like if you got above 80 on your test, everybody's name was like written on like these cards that were like on this one cabinet door. And if you got above 80, your name got like put up on the thing. So okay. like if you got... Yeah, only if you got higher than 80% on a test, which I guess is like the equivalent of like a B or A minus or whatever it is, you got put up on the wall. And if you didn't, that was like sort of like the wall. Like you were shamed for like not doing well enough. Oh, I don't like that. And like you would get like a star or like you didn't get a star. Yeah, she was the worst. She was the teacher who like her husband uh, cheated on her with another teacher at the school and then left her. (gasps) And then both teachers kept working at the school. (laughs) Yeah, so even though she was a bitch, I'm like, I guess I kind of get it. Like, that that's that's brutal to have to work with the woman that your husband left you for. So he calls up one of the twins, and he says, like, good job. He calls up the other one and says, not your best work. Yeah. Which, like, wouldn't they have studied together? You'd think so. Uh, then Joey goes up, and he makes a joke about, like, oh, I didn't know you were so well-versed in Swahili. Basically saying, like, Joey's a... But this is before we find out that Joey actually has uh, dyslexia. Joey's a dum-dum. Yep. Uh, Lucy goes up. He says, very good, Lucy. Good improvement. I hope to see more like that or 
my favorite thing is like he gave Steph shit on the other day yeah. for like getting up at the bell to leave. And here he is. He's like staring at his watch. He's waiting at the door and the bell rings and he like runs out because this is Friday. It's Friday. This is his weekend. And he like he has his briefcase in his hand, coat draped over his arm right at like three o'clock or whatever the bell rings. So like, excited. He's out of there. Daddy Radich is going to turn up. Yeah. So Lucy and Vula are. Did we miss something? I think it jumped ahead a second here. Okay. Okay. So, yes, Daddy Radich is getting super excited to turn up this weekend. Yeah. Do you think that he, like, goes to, like, bars and clubs on the weekend? I mean, we see him. He DJs the school dance. Like, who knows? Maybe he he's, he's really into a scene. I, okay, this is my vision. Because Radich is a young guy in this yeah. season. I would assume he's supposed to be, like, late 20s. Late 20s, maybe. Maybe early 30s. Yeah. I mean, people in this era look a lot older because they didn't really do yeah it's skin- really hard to tell they didn't do skincare yeah they, they didn't practice good skincare yeah let me see if i can find out how old he actually was at okay. the time but you keep making your I'm, point i'm guessing late 20s maybe early 30s i'm picturing radage in like a little cute apartment somewhere like a little cute like hipster type pad and he probably has like a cute little record player Okay, so he was born in 59, so this is 89, so he was 30. Wow, okay. Yeah. Okay, early 30s. All right. Cute little apartment, cute little, like, record player, maybe, like, a nice, like, an upper-scale apartment because he's older. Yep. It's, like, not like a like a. He dingy. doesn't have a roommate. Yeah, he's... he's he's living on his own. Yeah. It's probably a one-bedroom. He's got a cat named, like... Something Ca- like... Copernicus or, like... Oh, or I was like... going to say, like... Uh, Puss Lynch or um, like something like super hit, like I mean he teaches language maybe he's got like 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 Elliot named after like T.S. Elliot or something where he's like I could have mm, named him Kerouac I could yeah I could have named him one of the cats from like cats which is based yeah. on the book by T.S. Elliot but he's yeah. like I'm, I'm named the cat Elliot instead yeah, yeah so, something yeah um and he's got he has it like all like nicely furnished but like masculine yeah i feel like radish would have like friends over he play records they would get like a little turned on like beer and wine they yeah. would like definitely dance maybe one of them is passing around a joint yep that's radish's friday night mm-hmm. he's living he's living his life yeah he comes back on monday he's strict but friday he turns up mm-hmm. all right they're all filtering out and Lucy's so excited that she did well that, and she's like, "It's all thanks to you, Vula. Like, I owe you." And she's like, "Why don't we go get you some new clothes?" Because Vula did complain that she, you know, she she wants more clothes. So, <sighs> and Vula's like, "I don't have any money." And Lucy's like, "Don't worry it's about fine. it. It's fine. You don't need it." So, I think it's super cute that like Lucy has taken on Vula as like a little pet project. Mm-hmm. Does Vula actually not like the way she dresses? I mean, she did say, like, oh, you know, like, I wish I had more things like you. I think she dresses the way she does because her parents sort of make her. And she, when she tried on the outfit, she's like, oh, this isn't really me. I think she doesn't really know. Because, like, I mean, she's also in, like, grade eight. Like, she doesn't really know. She doesn't know 
and she's style, yeah, yeah she's been raised by like you know immigrant parents who yeah. you know i'm sure only had certain outfits or whatever but they're also very conservative so i think she's excited for it but she also you know lucy's just very enthusiastic and she's like well i helped lucy i guess this is how lucy wants to help me like i'll go along with it yeah so steph and the twins now go to uh phone booth uh steph goes in to call um mr soap opera was it damon king Dam- yeah damien king yeah so she drops a quarter in the the the, the payphone and it's a rotary payphone. Heather is being the most judgmental about this. Yeah. Well, because Stephanie told him, we, we skipped over this, but when he was like, oh, nice to meet you, Stephanie. Uh, I think he asked how old she was and she said 16. Because he, you know, not that that makes it any better or more legal or anything, but he, he's, you know, he gave the number because he thinks she's 16. Okay. I don't, I don't know if things were different back then where maybe the age of consent was different, but that doesn't change things. Like, that's still very predatory. Oh, 100%. It's predatory, but it's probably, like, legal if she's 16 versus, yeah. like, 14. Yeah. I don't know. I know that, like, yeah, like, my dad had some story about when he was, like, you know, 18 and one of his friend's younger sisters was, like, always coming around he's like yeah you might be like like legally okay but like i know this is just gonna end badly and he's like no like one of the other guys ended up like getting her pregnant i'm like yeah my dad's like you know yeah so heather is being approved and is like he's a strange man and then eric is like he's not a strange man he's on tv yeah and he's gonna take me to the tv studio and show me around i'm gonna meet him outside of the record store like all of those are red flags yep so but to be fair she's 14 and is like whatever she's stupid yeah so the girls are shopping around um i don't again we don't know if this is zeller's wilco my mom also said something about simpsons yeah simpsons sears yeah yeah uh it's one of those big department stores they're shopping around lucy keeps like sliding things into her purse and we see i don't know if it's store detective or a secret shop. Somebody is basically, she's following them and keeping an eye on Lucy. Now, I don't know if it's because they, spoiler, they know who Lucy is. Or if it's just because they're, you know, they're two girls. They're young. Maybe they don't have that much money. Yeah. But, yeah, this lady in, like, a purple sweatshirt is following them super closely and keeping an eye. And, you know, Vula's looking at stuff and looks at this one outfit. And Lucy's like, oh, I think this looks great on you. And Vula's like, I can't afford it. It's too expensive. And Lucy's like, what size are you? And Vula's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a petite. I'm a petite. Yeah. Which, like, that's not a size. Yeah. And then Lucy grabs the 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 sweater and sticks it in her bag. Lucy, and is like, come on, okay. let's go. So Vula's being the big snark right now. She's like, Lucy, come on, put it back. Yeah. And then the, oh the my God. takes out the world's biggest walkie-talkie. She... Like pulls out the walkie-talkie and pulls the antenna, and it's like the four feet long. Is like the size of me. Yeah. Like my god. So Lucy and Vula are hustling to get out with their goods. Yeah. And and Vula, Vula's like, "What are you doing? Like, you're what? a thief. You're yeah. a thief. Put and Lucy's like, it, do- it, it doesn't matter. Like, the store knows people are going to steal. Like, they expect the- 
Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. So they make it out the front door of the store, and Luke's like, come on, come on. Uh, they get on the escalator, and Vula's, like, still shocked. Like, she's how could so, you do this? She's so hesitant, because she's such a good girl. Yeah. She doesn't want to do this. And then Lucy's like, well, if you have such a problem with it, take it back. And so, gives and hands the bag to Vula. I want to keep in mind, though, like, they're not technically out of the store yet. Yeah, so it looks like, like they're going to, like, the second floor yeah, of the like store. Yeah, like, they could have been just, like, taking it to go upstairs to get other things. But they did walk past the register, so, like... But, like, it'd be like, you know when you go to, like, Sears or the Bay? Yeah. And you're getting, like, a blender in one section, and then you gotta go upstairs to get something else. Yeah. Like, you can buy multiple things at multiple... Yeah, but this looks like an external elevator or escalator. I don't oh, know. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So they're going up the escalator, and a guy is standing at the top. Security. So then Lucy's like, come on, run, run, run. They're running downstairs, and then a woman comes and stands at the bottom, so they have nowhere to go. And like I was telling Alex, I worked in retail. I put myself through school working. I didn't put myself through school, but I, I worked in retail. And we were always told like if you see someone shoplifting like really you're not supposed to intervene so like you can like kind of go up and like insinuate that you know so like if i saw someone like maybe taking something in their purse but holding on to something else then i could go up and be like oh do you want me to start a fitting room for those pants and i think you have like a shirt you may want to try on so they know you know yeah but But, like you can't confront them really you can just be like hey i saw that no, and hope that they get scared and put it back. Exactly. Like, you're not supposed to confront them. If they leave the store with the items, you let them leave and then, like, call security. Yeah. But that's... Because technically it's not shoplifting until they leave. So, like, you exactly. can call the cops or whatever once they leave. Exactly. But, yeah. So, like, technically what they're doing is not legal. Yeah. So, Lucy and Vula have, have no choice but to go up the escalator... And go to the security office with the uh, blonde dude. He says, I'll take the bag. He looks so happy to have nabbed these thieves. Yeah. Because I feel like he has nothing else really going on. So I don't know if we talked about this. We don't really want to touch upon Steph with this guy because we want to save this for another episode. Yeah, there's definitely an analog, I think, in a later uh next generation episode i mean there's there's page with the uh the teacher guy i think yes i don't think there's anybody is there anybody with a celebrity in next generation i don't know i don't remember but yeah we we more wanted to focus on the lucy aspect of this episode yeah Anyway, we're, we'll we'll touch upon it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll go over it briefly, but we're not going to get into our own stories or go too in depth. But you know, guy shows up in his really nice Corvette with the pop up headlights. Uh, you know, Steph gets in the car. Uh, you know, he he has told her that he, they're going to go to the TV station. Uh, I mean, it almost looks like he's picking up a a sex worker. It really does because he pulls up and rolls down his window. He's like, "Hey there, remember me?" Oh, so uh, creepy. Yeah. So they sort of, they drive off. But now we're back at the security office and they're pulling all the stuff out of Lucy's bag. Like the sweater and the necklaces. And the the girl's like, what's the matter with you kids? Don't you think shoplifting matters? 
Like, you know, the stores have to raise their prices to account for, like, all the stuff you could steal. She is so disgusted with them. Yeah, and Lucy's just rolling her eyes, and Vula, like, looks upset. Like Vula looks like she has brought so much shame onto her family because of this. Yeah. And Lucy's like, oh, whatever. Like, just relax. Don't worry about it. Just act like you're sorry. And they won't even take us to the police station. So, obviously, Lucy's been caught before. But Vula asks her, like, have you done this before? And Lucy's like, no. Then we see the detective walk in, like, an actual policeman walks in. And he goes, oh, it's Lucy, it's you again. And I see you brought a friend with you this time. And Vula realizes that uh, Lucy's just a big liar. She has, in fact, done this before. Yep. And they are going to go to the police station. So, uh, you know, skeezy TV guy has brought Steph to a motel. Uh, luckily not a secluded motel. It looked like it was on, like, a strip. Like, it, not out in the middle of nowhere, but... But it's still a motel. Yeah. It's still creepy and gross. Yeah, so he, he pulls in, pulls up the parking brake, and Steph's sort of like, oh, I thought we were going to go to the studio. He's like, oh, I thought we'd stop for a bit. Uh, this is a nice place. And uh, Steph's starting to get skeeved out, and he's trying to get her to calm down. He says, relax, I don't bite, which is gross. It's so gross and so creepy. And he's coming on to her. He's like, oh, you're not afraid of me, are you? And she's getting super uncomfortable and telling him, like, I'm just not into this. Like, I don't want to be here. Oh, poor Steph. And then he sprays some banaca in his mouth with, like, the little breath spray. Which is, like, such an 80s thing. Yeah. Uh, He's trying to, like, feel up her leg. He, like, really, like, leans in close. He's, like, really doing all the things. She's saying, no, I don't want to do this. I want to go home. I want to go home. He's really trying to make her feel bad. Luckily, she just gets out. He didn't lock the door. She's able to get out. Um, And she's like, if you get any closer, I'll scream. And he's like, hey, just calm down. Like, let's, let's go have some fun. And that's when she sort of reveals, like, I'm not 16, I'm 14. And he's like, oh, okay. And then runs away. Yeah. Her door is still open in the car, but he jumps in and starts driving away. And she's screaming, like, I told all my friends where I was going, and they know I'm with you. So, like, just leave. And he, yeah, he leaves her in the motel parking lot and speeds away. Honestly, like, that could have gone so badly. Yep. I'm just glad it ended like that. Yeah. So now we're back in the security office. They're leading them out. And Lucy's, Lucy, too late, is trying to do a solid for Vula and being like, she didn't do anything. It's all me. She was just standing with me. And the guys are like, doesn't matter. You both have to come with us downtown and take some of the police station. So we see Steph calling her mom from the office of the motel yeah and saying like mom i've done something really dumb i need you to come get me but she calls her like mommy uh and yeah she she's she's embarrassed Ugh. and sad and upset and she's like I, I i did something really dumb you're gonna be mad at me please don't be mad but you need to come pick me up at this motel and now we get to see more like uh, rude v- vula's dad we could see vula's like oh thanks so much oh i'm so like sarcastic bitchy vula which like i love i love sarcastic vula and we see vula we actually can see vula's mom this time who's also beautiful yeah 
no, ma- no wonder where she gets her looks. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Vula, like, gives it to Lucy. She's like, oh, like, I thought you were cool, but you're just dumb. She is the most upset. Yeah. Which I get. Oh, 100%. This isn't what she signed up for. And Lucy just, you know, she said she's sorry, but, like, you know, whatever. Uh, Vula's parents seem really disappointed and upset. Uh, and the cop says, like, Lucy, we can't really get a track. We can't track down your parents. We're having a hard time getting them. And, uh, Lucy's like, oh, they're very busy. And he's like, well, we're going to have to charge you this time. You have to come with me. And he takes her through a door that says, like, juvenile correction center or whatever. Uh, and Vula does feel bad. Vula is still mad at Lucy, but feels bad for sure. Well, yeah, because, like, now, like, Lucy's actually going to, like, be charged because her parents just, like, don't give a fuck. Yeah, but I mean, this this isn't her first time either. It's, it's not her first time. You're right. So yeah, we see Spike walking in school with some friends. I'm sad we don't get to see more Spike in this episode. Well, I but... can't wait till we get like a Spike centered episode. Yeah. So Stephanie walks in. She's telling the twins what happened. She's very, I think, embarrassed and upset. But she's also like, you know, my mom. They're like, what did your mom say? And Steph's sort of like, oh, like, she was really mad, but, like, I think she sort of, you know, she she wasn't as furious as I thought. And, like, we had sort of a conversation about not to get yourself in dangerous situations. And, you know, we've had it before, but, like, it really made sense to me this time. Yeah. So at least Steph sort of learned a lesson. Uh, then, yeah, Vula's going to her locker. Lucy, Lucy's sort of like, hi, awkward hi. about it. Hi. You know. She's like, were your parents upset? Uh, and Vula's like, I'm not allowed to talk to you anymore. I'm not allowed to see you. And Lucy tells Vula, like, hey, I'm still really sorry. And, like, it it was worse than before. Like, I have to go to court this time. And, Lu- and Vula's like, well, what did your parents say? And Lucy's like, well, they told me I was a spoiled brat. And that, you know, I could, I, I'm basically blowing it. Well, because, like, uh, she says, because of all of, all they've done for me. Which, right. like, I don't think they've done very much. No. They're not home. Yeah. And then she says that they all have to go to family counseling. And Lucy's like, well, at least at least I'll be able to see them. Like, at least we'll all be in the same room. Uh, I'm like, which is so sad. That's so sad. Like, That's the only time so you can see your parents sad. is when it's, like, court-ordered yeah. therapy. Because you did something wrong. And now you actually have to, like, go and talk to your parents. Yeah. And then there's a little... Vula doesn't stay mad at her as long as she stayed mad at Steph and says, like, oh, I can... uh, Maybe I can keep helping you with schoolwork. Yeah. I'll talk to my parents about it. Maybe... Maybe they'll... Maybe they'll be okay once I explain things to them. I think that in this case, like, she doesn't feel as mad with Lucy because, like, she went to the mall with Lucy and didn't know what Lucy was doing. Yeah. So I don't think her parents are actually going to hopefully be that mad because she didn't know. Yeah. I mean, they don't like... They still aren't going to like Lucy because Lucy did steal on purpose. But, like, especially them being old-fashioned. But I think Vula will be able to be like, she doesn't have parents like you. Like, she doesn't have parents to, 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 to help to set her on the right path. So... Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a nice ending, like especially considering we know Vula is no stranger to holding a grudge. Like across multiple episodes, she gave Steph a hard time about not thanking her in the speech and all that stuff. Like yes. she held, she holds a grudge. So the she, fact that she's willing to forgive Lucy is a big she step. Be, she be petty. Yep. 
So. And I admire that. I loved this episode. Another point for Vula. I guess I'm in love with Vula. (laughs) Loved this episode because I also love Vula. Love Lucy. And like we said, we're going to use this episode again for more of the Stephanie K once we get to more of the predatory behavior in the next generation. Yep. So uh, thanks for listening and uh, cheers. Yep. Stay tuned.